I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you.
And welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and of course, with me, of course, is always my other half. V-Lynn. Welcome back, Patriots. And we're back with a special today, as it is our Kovac special, and we have brought back with us our two most favorite medical individuals in the world. Uh, Deplorable Janet's with us, of course, because we couldn't do a Kovac special without her. So, Janet, how are you doing, madame? Janet, are you there? Okay, Janet's not there. But Kung Janet, Fu Medic we can't is. Janet, I hear you. Yeah. Hey, Janet, you're on mute. I thought you muted her. I, I unmuted her. And I think she muted herself back. Uh, this is odd. There it is. Okay, there she now is. can you hear, hear me? Janet? Okay, Yay! I said. Yeah, hey, now we can tell Janet? you. I said, what's up? I'm happy to be back, and you should call it co-jib-jab instead of the V-A-X word, because you know, <clears throat> science and all. Well, we know, it's, we, we know it's not really a vaccine, but we did call this one, this is uh, the COVAX, a COVAX story part deux. Deux. We went French on it. Deux. deux. Yes. Oh, In honor of the French, who are uh, once again standing up for their rights, where our sheeple are just sitting down here. And we also have with us Kung Fu Medic from the great UK, also full of sheeple. How are you doing today, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Thank he decided you. to go shirtless. He's trying to get a date. So all you ladies out there, no, he no, went shirtless. I'm married, man. I'm married. I'm, I'm married. Oh, married man. Forget it. Forget it. I'm happily. I'm flaunting it, mate. <laughs> if, if it's easy, I can put a shirt on. Or, or as we say in England. No. Yeah. no. Put a it don't matter. No, it's, it's okay. immaterial. I can see Mick giving me the eye. Do you know what I mean? It's it makes me fun. It makes me laugh. It's giggly. I'm just thinking I gotta take mine off though. That's all. It's, Do it. I'm Do like, it, we can we can marvel each other. Maybe we just go naked, you know. So anyway, uh as is normal, it is a Kovac special and V Lynn always takes control of these. So it's on you there, sweetie. Excellent. So the death waves are upon us. Some scary shit right there. Death waves are coming, but it's our fault as the unvaccinated individuals. And um, that does not include Mick because even though his blood is clean, he has that special card from the government that said he's been vaccinated. So he's considered vaccinated, even though he has no spike proteins in his blood. Isn't that amazing? COVID is the smartest disease ever. It ever. is amazing. <laughs> Yes, and so and you're aware, say, and uh, we talked about it on our last episode. Yet. Go ahead, Janet. I was just going to say, um, I was just going to say, uh, shout out to all the uh, killers out there, according to the Biden administration. Um, I'm a fellow killer, according to them. So, yeah. I support you 100% in your choice to choose whether you want it or not. I can't, can't disagree with you there, Janet. And on top of that, um, you know, V-Lynn, she's a killer too. So I, I he, he's come out with two great words. I, I don't know how to open the show now. <laughs> Should I say killer fuckers or fucker killers? I'm kind of confused because he called us fuckers initially and now we're killers. So what is it? Killer fuckers. I think that sounds better. It's like the Black it? Widow. That's hey, right. Hey, we're going to see that movie tonight. Yeah. 
what do you know? We're it's all amazing. black widows, that's, killer fuckers. That sounds kind either of way. Sexual, yes, though. if y'all don't, if y'all have sexual in nature. <laughs> Well, it, it does come out of Biden's mouth, so that would make sense. I mean, I'm just sniffing a microphone. <laughs> Either way, if you haven't been paying attention, I did, you know, went up to DC just recently and our last episode, we talked about it and I got my blood tested, blood drawn by a doctor who took it back to a hematologist and they studied my blood and my blood has zero spike proteins, no antigens, no nothing that shows that I got anything from COVID or the vaccine or anything. So I don't know what I got. Um, and as Matt just, we were talking in the show prep and Matt just explained that, uh, what did you say? Cause I'm not going to steal your words since you're right here. Um, you said exactly what the type of test was or whatever the vaccine, a double yeah. blind. Yeah. So it's a, um, a placebo based, uh, observer blind, random controlled dose finding immunogenicity trial off the top of my head. I knew I should have had it in front of me to read. But that pretty much sums it up. But basically, it uh, so obviously random controlled, uh, placebo um, based, which means obviously there's placebo vaccines that are going to be oh, sorry jabber jabber. Uh, there's placebo jabber jabbers in the uh, in the stock that's being sent out. Um, observer blind means the person giving it or administering the jabber jabber doesn't know whether it's the placebo or the live uh, jabber jabber, um, and then. Um, Du, 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 du. Uh, yeah observer blind yeah dose finding as well so they're trying to find the dose which either i don't know how they're trying to find the doses in whether it's efficacy rating is in how effective it is or whether they're trying to find what the kind of toxic dose would be but you can look into that what you will usually you you find the dose on other people other than humans first of all <laughs> because you could upset a lot of people and and then um you've got your um Oh man, I'm trying to find it. It's because I should have just done it off the top of my head. And then, uh, and then you got your uh, immunogenicity, which is basically how how effective it is at being a vaccine and doing what it's supposed to do. Either stimulate your nervous, uh, stimulate your immune system response, or smuggling and a virus inside another virus to make you do stuff with your DNA that it's not supposed to. So, but and that's in the actual heading of the the, the Pfizer one. Um, I'm sure if you go and look at all the others, they're pretty much the same. So that's just recently Moderna come out. is the so same. Well, there were certain people in, in, in Britain that... Go on, Janet. Moderna. I was Moderna just going to say Moderna is the you same because if you look on even their Wikipedia page, you can find that exact information because all of the vaccines are still undergoing clinical trials. And so they talk about placebos and stuff on the Wikipedia page, or at least it was there last night <laughs> while I was researching. So if it's different today, you know, sorry about that. But yes, it was there because trials are still ongoing until 2023. So more than likely what I got was either a placebo or I got very little uh, that my system basically ate up and shut back out and made its way to my lower intestine, which eventually made its way to my sphincter down to my colon and out through my anus, which is, uh, okay, good. Uh, either way, I, I don't have anything in my body. They found nothing in my blood and they took quite a bit of blood because it was a doctor drawing blood and they really suck at drawing blood. <laughs> I had a huge bruise for the rest of the week mm -hmm. on my arm, uh, from where he had 
fucking poked me and um he got a full vial i mean i know i saw the vial he grabbed it was a purple top and it was one of the big ones and that whole thing filled right up and i was like wow okay you're because at first he was like hey we're out at a bar he's a navy doctor and he's like hey come with me i'm like whoa dude look i know you're in the navy i'm not that way i don't just drop trial for any guy you've got to pay me up front and he was like fuck you dick come on let's go to the car and i was like whoa now it's getting really weird and then um he was like, no, I want to draw your blood. And I was like, oh, okay, well. And then he took a whole vial and walked off to the, I uh, gave it to the hematologist the next morning and that afternoon or just before I had boarded my flight in Atlanta, he had called me and said, hey, um, you, uh, you don't have anything in your bloodstream. And he's one of the doctors that uh, I like to think is a good one because he's really questioning the, uh, the vaccine and everything about the vaccine. He's been listening to us, although he won't come out and say it because he's still in the Navy. Um, he, he's questioning the vaccine. He just was doing it for his own shits and giggles just to figure out if it's real or not. And he knew that I would play ball and, uh, and he saved my life. So I kind of got to give him, um, some play there. And I was like, all right, yeah, you go ahead, just take whatever you want. And I was like, but, uh, this is the doctor that proved that Mick actually has a brain. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's got a picture actually of it. had his hands in Mick's brain, removed a portion bullshit. of it and took a picture and gave me a Polaroid of it. <laughs> hey, have you ever seen yours? I've seen mine. <laughs> Well, you've seen you've seen a picture of it. We have seen. You know, mine. Yeah, it was seen not taken by by NASA. Not taken, <laughs> not by, taken NASA. by NASA. <laughs> not taken by NASA, though. So, Matt, you said uh, you said something interesting there a, a few minutes ago. You said that normally they do these tests on you know not people to determine the efficacy of or the toxicity toxicity of a dose, um, but backing up, you know, they actually did do these tests on animals years and years ago, right? But all the animals died and they had to stop doing the animal testing right. because all the animals died. So when they initially did the tests on ferrets was the most recent one. Yeah. And they initially presented with a, a very robust immune response until they were presented with the actual wild virus. And then they essentially had, I believe it's called antibody enhancement disease and they all died. Um, so when I said that the death waves have started, they, they really have. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing now. Um, but of course our wonderful, amazing, illustrious government. government has, uh, manipulated the data in such a way as to blame unvaccinated people for, the rise in cases and variants across the U.S. Um, but the data coming out of the U.S. doesn't seem to correlate with the data coming out of the rest of the world. So are we special? I mean, not like licking the window on the short bus special, which most Americans are, but... I am. I, I, know, I know you're very <laughs> special. <laughs> I like to sit in the corner and color. But... <laughs> But Matt, what is what is the data coming out of the UK right now? Because it's quite different from the data coming out of the US. Yeah, it is. Um, sorry, I was just trying to look up those clinical trials because I hate not being prepared and I forgot. But the AstraZeneca is actually a double blind one, which means the researcher and the participant don't know whether it's a placebo or not. Um, and the uh, Moderna, like Janet said, is right. So we've got a, um, a placebo-based 
and then we've got a double blind for the AstraZeneca, um, and then you've got the Moderna, which is placebo based, and that's pretty much it, isn't it? Um, so yes. So anyway, there's lies in all of it, uh, but yes. So the data coming out of England at the minute. So um, it's it was conflicting initially. So there were initially our um, I think his name's Peter Valance, Kelly Valance. I can't, you know, I'm so bad with names, honestly. Um, anyway, our one of our health guys. Um, this is because I don't watch the news. He w- w- did a did a speech after Boris. Good. Um, yeah, I know. Right? Uh, just know what they look like. Um, he did a speech after Boris, basically saying that um, there were sixty percent of people uh, in hospital, sixty percent of admissions at the minute were from doubly vaccinated uh, patients. Which he then went on to explain to say that this is in line with their predictions because most of the people in the UK now have been vaccinated. So the majority of people who are going to be admitted to hospital are going to have been doubly vaccinated, which if you look at half of it, he's kind of right, but it depends what they've been admitted with. Obviously it's like saying everybody who's been admitted has had a tetanus injection. So, but if they've come in with their leg chopped off, it's completely, it doesn't really matter. So, so, and then he went onto Twitter the next day uh, and tweeted something that basically said that he made an error and it was actually 60% of the people in hospital are unvaccinated. Uh, and then basically tried to palm it off oh. as, um, a grammatical thing. But then we pulled him up on it because obviously he went off on a tangent on live TV talking about it for two minutes as to why it was vaccinated people. So um, we don't know, really. But from my experience or from what I'm hearing, um, there's a rise in um respiratory syn- i can never say this word rsv virus anyway which which you guys have over there is human uh, hsv yep. as well which is basically your, your bog standard respiratory viruses that you get for kids bronchiolitis and all that kind of stuff croup but they usually mm-hmm. only rear their heads in the uh winter times but we're getting quite a lot of admissions and patients presenting with with these things um now we don't know whether it's because they've not had exposure to each other um so therefore their immune systems are down um but they're trying to potentially we think that they might try and start targeting those things and, and potentially saying that they're COVID cases, but they're too young to test at the moment. Well, you know, officially. Um, but a lot of the people I'm speaking to, um, there are a lot of people going in with um, who have been doubly vaccinated with symptoms and signs and, and reactions that you can't completely dismiss as not being because of the, uh, the jabby-jabby or at least exas- exacerbated by the jabby-jabby. So at the moment, we've had, I think, about 1,500 deaths in the UK at the moment, and that's reported deaths. Nobody knows about the yellow card scheme in England at the moment. They reckon we're only reporting about 5%, if that. Um, so you could you could put more than that on there, potentially. Um, but it's, it's been really difficult to get accurate data with regards to that at the minute because a lot of the people that we spoke about this last time, a lot of the doctors that I speak to, they're too busy to document it each time because it takes 15 minutes per patient to document it correctly and they only need they need 15 minutes to see that patient so at the end of the day if they've got 12 mm-hmm. you know incidences to file it's taken them too long so it's not getting documented and that's that's from people that i speak to as well so it's not like it's not happening it's just they're too busy to document it at the moment um but obviously there's something going on as well in england with regards to medazolam as well i don't know if you've heard about that over over your neck of the woods where there's been. A, oh yeah. 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 So, so there's a guy, I, I, again, I can never say his name, right. But is a Geordie guy and he's in the process of taking the, um, the English government to court, the four horsemen, he calls them. It's, um, Boris, Matt Hancock, Valance and Cummings. Um, 
the four horsemen of the apocalypse are obviously all responsible for, for initially putting us in lockdown, but he's taken him to court for crimes against humanity, mass murder and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then as you know, Matt Hancock got caught allegedly kissing, um, so having an affair a few weeks ago. I don't know if you got, did you guys hear about that over, over in the States? Yeah. The most staged snog. Oh yeah. That was oh, a yeah. big distraction. Yeah, that, that, was, so yeah. that was, that was over here. Oh man. Honestly, as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's so fake. Anyway, so he's been now, so he's out and we've got another guy, Sajid, Sajid David or Sajid David. Uh, he's now our new, uh, health, um, health person, um, with, with, to replace Matt Hancock. And he used to be the uh, MP of my old town anyway, but, um, but he binned it off and now, and then he got a job with JP Morgan for an undisclosed salary as an advisor. And now he's doing the, um, the new job that Matt Hancock was doing. So, you know, that's nothing suspicious or dodgy there at all. But anyway, so this, this other guy's taken it to court to try and, you know, do this sort of stuff. But the Medazalam issue came about where there was basically with the deaths in care homes on the graph, it, it went up with Medazalam and the, the kind of Medazalam prescriptions went up in line with the deaths on the curve. So there, they might, so although they were down, they were listed as COVID deaths, they're not, they think that they've got evidence to suggest that they were kind of um, not assisted deaths, but just they were overdosing people or just overprescribing midazolam and morphine, which is what you do use in palliative care and end of life and things like that. But I think because it, it mirrors the, the death curve so greatly, uh, the correlation is, is, is too significant for them to not really, you know, do anything about. So, but what Matt Hancock did at the beginning was relax the, the, um, the ability to be able to prescribe and administer morphine and midazolam um, to make it easier to do it. Um, so we don't know whether it might have been a, a bit too easy for people to do it and whether they were just giving the midazolam and everything to people and then putting it down as a COVID death because they knew they weren't having autopsies because they're all being cremated. So there was no way of finding out. So this date has just come out over the last sort of So few just months. kill off all the old people because they're a drain on, the, on society and the economy, right? Well, it was all the people in the care homes. That was the problem, you see. So while they were, they were using the graph to show these were COVID deaths, the midazolam prescriptions are, are, are mirroring it exactly the same so you can't ignore it and obviously if they tested positive within 28 days and then had midazolam and morphine and died it would still go down as covid death wouldn't it of course so so, so just in case just in case because i know there's uh a lot of people out there that are not uh involved in the medical community midazolam is uh, if i'm correct is a uh anti uh uh, uh, fuck! I can't see. I suck with names. Too. Yeah, what is midazolam? What is midazolam? So midazolam basically, it's, it's like it, it can be used for uh, for for a, a number of different things. It is um, it's it's an anti like psychotic, anti epileptic drug as well. You can use it for for, for um helping people with seizures. Um, it's used for anesthesia. It's used for sedation, like diazepam as well. It's in that kind of group of medications where low dose it can help mm-hmm. relieve anxiety. And everything else helps if you can trouble sleeping, agitation, um, and decreasing anxiety. So it's it's in the same um, umbrella as diazepam, but it's a it's just used in conjunction with other drugs as well. So midazolam and morphine is usually a combination that would just kind of make you nice and lovely and just drift away kind of thing. Um, especially if you're on end of life palliative palliative care or anything like that, you're in a lot of pain. So they just um, they 
kind of give you it. So they're they're tr- what they're trying to do is blame Medazolam instead of COVID for certain amount of deaths, and, or blame COVID instead or blame of Medazolam. Co- yeah, yeah. COVID instead of Medazolam for yeah. a certain amount of deaths. I mean, because the way we did it, we did uh, that's like uh, uh, Medazolam's a lot like two pam chloride. Kind of like, uh, which is what diazepam is. It's two pam chloride, and uh, we were given that because uh, the first shot you'd give yourself was the uh, the green. Oh, fuck, what the hell's the name of it? Uh, and uh, nuclear biological chemical strike. We would actually stick atropine. ourselves with an uh, auto injector of atropine, atropine, and then immediately following that, because everybody said you would never ever, if you've ever. I had atropine like just touch my skin before and I thought my heart was going to explode. My heart was moving so fast. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And there's, and we actually, uh, and this you you'll find this really funny, Matt. We were in the desert. I had this redneck friend. Um, I'll never forget this guy. He's sitting there. Um, we're out there in the desert. We were shooting. And all of a sudden we saw these like wild camels just start like walking right by. I was like, what up? And so he went up and he's sitting there and he had his fist closed just like this. And he's petting the camel. We may or may not have a video of this. Um, and he's sitting there and he's petting this camel just like this. And then we're like, dude, what are you doing? And you can hear us all in the video in the background going, what are you doing? You fucking crazy fuck. And he's sitting there just petting, petting, petting. Then all of a sudden he stops, he reaches back and boom, right into the side of the camel. He lets go of his hand. There's a fucking atropine injector sticking out of the side of the camel. The camel, oh my God, almost instantaneously goes straight stiff, falls over, shaking, it's shitting and pissing all at the same time. It's making the weirdest noises I've ever heard. And I'm like, what the fuck did you just do? You just killed the national an- animal of Saudi Arabia. What the fuck is wrong with you? And he's this camel's on the ground and it's fucking going nuts. And then all of a sudden it just stops. And I was like, what'd you do? Kill it? And he like walked up this redneck. He takes a barrel of his weapon and like pokes it in the eye. Thing jumps up on all four legs, like out of nowhere, just jumps right out of the sand onto all four legs. And then it starts walking away from us. And as it's walking away, it's back left leg as all three, you know, because they walk independently because their uh, legs are all independent of each other. Not like a horse where two move at the same time. That last leg is just like kind of got a little shake in it when he's putting it down. It was like, holy shit, we just fucked up this camel with some atropine. And then, and then we all started really thinking about it. We're like, Hey, you know, if something really goes on here, if they actually do something to us, we have to stick ourselves with that same injector. And it just did that to like a one ton animal. And we barely, no one even coming close anywhere near that, what that camel weighed. And I was like, yeah, so bad idea. Mm. Yeah, not a good idea at all. Yeah. But that needle does come out at like 60 miles an hour. It's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, well, a little off topic, so but I yeah, got, it sounds like got, what they're injecting people with right now. So Go I ahead, got Janet. two things. Um, with the medazolam here oh. in the United States, um, people most commonly know it as Versed. Um, Versed is used in almost every healthcare facility that I have ever been a part of, um, especially for sedation before procedures, whether it be conscious sedation or all out knock you out procedures. Um, even doctor's offices use that if they do procedures in their office. Um, there's a lot of monitoring that goes into that. But I have a question for Matt. Um, 
I was reading the other day that you guys have a association. Hold on. I can't remember the name of it. Give me just one second. It's called uh, Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency. Are you familiar with that? MRHA. Like I didn't know anything yeah, about MRHA, it. Yeah, MRHA, yeah. But they but they but they said the other day that um they have so much information and this is a thing in the UK, I guess. Um I didn't know anything about it until I was looking into this stuff. But um they have so much information that they say that they could actually shut down the vaccines jib jibs um permanently. Do you know anything about that? Yeah. Well, why don't they? Well, because the MRHA, their main role isn't, uh, it's to develop vaccine efficacy, if that makes sense. It's not to regulate because this has been raised before. So their main job um, is, is to regulate and make sure it's all being done correctly within reason. But there, there's a, a, there's a, a news group of people over here called um, UK Column and they, they go on about the MRHA quite a lot and um, I wish I'd have known this They're, but basically so they basically summarised that the MRHA turned around and said that their job is mainly just to make sure that the production manufacture and everything else of the vaccines is okay uh, and that's all their job is to do is to kind of progress vaccine technology efficacy uh, and everything else so they don't really care about everything else in theory, that that because so essentially they're they, they're there to legitimize it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I, I feel like I could give you a better answer than this. Can you talk about something else for a couple of minutes while so I just I do think some it, reading? Maybe, maybe it's <laughs> Absolutely. like the so, FDA here. But I do well, yeah, have no, one other thing or two. Um, well, yeah, because we have the um, the JCVI as well, which is. Uh, the, another one that we have in England as well, which they're the ones that basically can stop the vaccine from um, from from um, from being developed or for going any further, because they're the Joint Commission of Vaccine and Immunisation. So they're the ones that decide whether vaccines kind of continue to get rolled out or not. Whereas the MRHA, they have a more of an overarching thing, not just of vaccines, but the whole of the medical thing in england if that makes sense so it's right. not just vaccines and they're responsible and... or overarching it's everything not, not just that so the mrha right. is, is more of a a, a, a a big entity in itself so that's just a small part of it whereas the jcvi um that that's more obviously specifically to to towards geared towards the vaccines so they're the ones that would be deciding whether we have it for children and everything else or whether we don't uh, and the mrha um they're like I say, their main thing is, is here we go. Let me just see it. Um, right. So they're responsible for regulating all medicines and medical work and medical devices in the UK, basically. So that's what they're responsible yeah. for. So it's so like responsible the for regulating all medicines and medical devices in the UK. Yeah. By ensuring they work and are acceptably safe. So that's it. So how they get used after they've declared them as being safe and everything else is, is kind of out of their hands. All they're bothered about is just making sure that the workings of the machine, okay, uh, are all right. If that makes sense. I think probably mm -hmm. their definition of safe greatly alters from our definition of safe. Well, this is it. Yeah. So again, UK column, they, they did a really good spiel on it. They actually sent them an email because on, UK, on, on the MRHA's website, um, they were talking about how 
Um, you know, they're, they're, they're committed to doing this, that and the other. And on, on paper, they sound really good. But then when you actually, you know, look at what they've done or haven't done so far with regards to what's been going on, um, they've not really done anything. And I think the problem we have in England is we don't really know who to shout at with regards to what's going on because there's so many different smaller organisations and overarching organisations and everything else. We just don't know. Most people just don't know um, who, who it is they need to be speaking to to try and stop this from happening, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm just, yeah, we, we have the same issue. It's all the same. It yeah. is all, it's, it's all the same, isn't it? It's just different, um, different letters, really, isn't it? Same, same sandwich. Well, I find Israel so I want to I fascinating wanna, like, right now. Touch on so something. Israel is a uh, petri dish. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say about Israel. Their health minister came out and said that nearly their entire population has been vaccinated and they have found it to be only 39% effective in fighting against the cuckoo virus. Um, And they said that only 41% of patients uh, have, um, it says, in preventing symptomatic infections. So that is really shitty numbers when you have like your entire population vaccinated. Sorry, gibberated. Um, and then I, that's and what that, you have. That for number efficacy. is going down. I think we're right. I think we're probably reading the same uh, paper here from the Times of Israel. So that number is even going down now. They say people that were vaccinated in January were said to have just 16% protection against infection now, while those vaccinated in April effectiveness was at 75%. So sounds like they're pushing the boosters there. Um, the the jab only provides any kind of protection for a limited amount of time. Whereas they're saying that uh, people that have natural immunity to COVID, so they've they've had it or they've been exposed to it, whether they were symptomatic or not, they are 700 times more protected than people that have gotten the jab. And if someone got COVID and then got the jab, they no longer have that natural immunity. The jab killed any natural immunity mm-hmm. they had, completely destroyed their immune system, and their only protection right. is from the jab. And they have no protection against anything else, only against COVID, nothing else. So mm-hmm. not the flu, not the cold that you had that you when you were nine, n- nothing. Um, so that's really scary. And it seems like, you know, they're, they're saying that 99% of the people in the States that are hospitalized have, uh, are, are unvaccinated. And yet when you pull local news from all over the place, those, those numbers just don't seem to jive. So in Tennessee, 27 fully vaccinated people died last week. Um, right. In Illinois, 159 dead, almost 600 hospitalized that were vaccinated, um, 40, 49 fully vaccinated New Jersey residents have died from COVID. Oh, it's, it's all over. Uh, vaccines not protecting over 60s in Scotland from being hospitalized with COVID-19. And uh, so it, it looks like we're hitting the uh, the what is it that the immune enhancement 
disease Cytokine at this point. ADE, AED, yeah. It, it, but the normal flu jab is only 40% effective anyway, they reckon. So that would fit in line kind of with that, if you know what I mean. But then the, the usual flu jabby jabby, you do have a little bit of the actual flu in there um, to get the response, if you know what I mean. But then it's different strains. That's why you only get 40% protection. But that, that would, just popped into my head just now. That would kind of make sense because it depends what they're using to determine what you're vaccinated, what you're potentially immune against. Because if, if there are all these different variants that have popped up, then you won't be immune to them as much potentially because the vaccine was, or jabby jabby, was, was, was made before these other variants come out. But then this is, this is the problem that's been raised with trying to make a, a jab during a pandemic, uh, well, alleged pandemic, is, is, is you're going to get mutations that will spread more but are usually less lethal. Um, but then you're just trying to chase right. the fire to put it out and not really getting anything from it, where that's why they reckon they should have just probably let us just get on with herd immunity, really. Well, hey, and, what and that you brings said up another great right question, there. because there was a... Go ahead, Janet. I think you've got like a 10-second delay again, uh, but go ahead, Janet. Yeah, there, there's like a lag going on. But anyway, what, what uh, Matt just said, you know, where... Um, oh my God, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, where they're talking about, um, flu strains, like uh, all the different variants and, and et cetera. Here's a point I want to bring up. You cannot test for a variant with the PCR test because PCR tests only tell you positive or negative. So unless that office is drawing the blood of every single patient or the hospital is drawing the blood on every single patient, there is absolutely zero test that you can do to check for a variant. So I just want people to be aware of that. That is that is science that is the way it goes that and is exactly as as what i was going to talk about i was going to say as far as the antibody that testing, is exactly and you can look this stuff up on the fda website um on the national institute of health website this information is readily available this one i pulled off the fda website talking about the antibody testing that was a big deal not too long ago um, they do not currently yeah. recommend the test to assess for any type of immunity after the COVID-19 vaccination because um, more studies are needed because there are a lot of testing that are coming up with negative immunity after the vaccine. This is on a safety warning on the FDA website. You can look it up. You can pull it up. This is um, under recalls letter to healthcare providers. They're urging them not to run antibody testing on anybody that's been vaccinated, and they prefer that they not use antibody testing on any patients, period. So there you go. Well, my that was partly what I was going to say. That was my biggest part of that, but uh, as you have so uh, distinctly stolen my thunder, my, my next question is this for the both of you, because uh, the both of you have more experience in this than I do. Your, uh, my question is now, where are we getting the numbers, especially in the States and the UK? Where are we getting the Delta variant numbers? Because I find it odd that we cannot test for it 
yet somehow they know exactly how many Delta variant numbers exist in the US and the UK for that matter, Mm -hmm. and fucking all over the world. How are you doing that without being able to test for the Delta variant in any of the nasal swabs or anal swabs, depending on what country you're in. If you're in China, you're getting a big old anal swab. And uh, if you're here in the States, it's a small one, but it's still an anal swab. It's like being in Ireland. (laughs) It's the same thing. But my question becomes, how are we getting these? Where are these numbers coming from? I mean, are they reaching in their asshole and pulling a number out and saying, oh, well, 60% of these new cases are now Delta variant. How how is that possible? That's exactly right. They're just... Pulling them out of thin air. Yeah. 86% of cases in the hospital right now are, are Delta variants or 86% of all cases are Delta variants. I, I, I got to call bullshit on that. I actually had to go get a COVID test, two fucking COVID tests in a week and a half, right? One before we came back to the States because it's required. And then the second one, because my best friend at work tested positive for COVID and she'd been sick for a week and she'd been out for a week, but you know, everyone freaked out and we all had to go down to urgent care and get tested. So I, I played the, I played the sheeple. I played the dumb blonde. Um, I was about to say, make sure you say yes, dumb blonde because dumb that's blonde exactly what it was. In this uh, clinic that I went into. And so the lady does my test and I, I looked at her like completely innocently. And I was like, are you testing for the Delta variant? And she was like, no, there's no test for that. And I was like, well, right are you sending it into the CDC so they can test it for the Delta variant? And she was like, no, it's, it's going in this biohazard waste receptacle and getting tossed out. Exactly. And I said, well, then h- how do they know that these are all the Delta variant? And she said, that's an excellent question. I have no idea. So full bullshit. hundred percent. Full bullshit. But, but you know, it's really when you interesting use a- that, Go ahead, Janet. Oh my God. I'm sorry about the lag. But when you use a a PCR test, it's the exact same um, type of swab that they use for uh, flu testing. Um, Same kind of thing for strep, rapid strep test. Um, So you have a little vial of, uh, it's usually like saline solution. You have a cotton tip swab. You stick it up somebody's nose. You put it in the saline solution. You swish it around. Uh, you run a reagent test to see if it's positive or negative. That swab is then used up. You do not reuse that swab. You cannot re- You cannot send that swab um, to a lab for further uh, diagnosis or anything else. That swab is done, and it is biohazard. It's a one one time use. Um, so there is no further testing to be done on a swab once it's collected and it's and it's checked in that uh, saline solution. Just saying, that's not reusable. So, COVID. He, yeah, COVID. <laughs> Matt, you got COVID. Um, oh, no, yeah. Sorry, I was just trying to cough off off screen. But this because I right. So I'm, I'm back now. So I was I was reading something. Sorry, because I hate it when I get asked a question and I don't feel I've answered it <clears throat> properly because it doesn't matter. But so I found the business plan thing that I was talking about for the M, um, MHRA, and it's basically their new delivery plan for 2021 and twenty twenty three, where they basically talk about thirty pages long. It is. I haven't just read that now. I'm not that good. Um, 
but they're on about wanting to put the patient first in developing medicines uh, and in, in um, uh, today's world calls for new medicines and healthcare products regularity agency. And they want to drive forward a new era of establishing regulation, regulatory science and best evidence. So this is what they were talking about in the UK column when they talked about it, is how on their business plan they're talking about how they, they want everything to be brilliant and they want to look after patients and everything else, yet they've done nothing. And this is the, this is what I was trying to figure, the point I was trying to make, is they've done nothing or raised any concerns about anything that's been going on since the rollout of the vaccine. Jabby, jabby, sorry. So yes, so basically... That's what I was trying to get to, but I didn't want to say anything because I don't like saying something without reading first to make sure I know what I'm talking about as best I can. <sighs> My friends will listen to this and go, you never know what you're talking about, mate. But yeah, so they're basically on one hand trying to say that they're trying to do the business plan and make everything really great. And then um, on the other hand, they've not raised any concerns. They've not written no statements or nothing about all the problems that have been going on uh, with, with the reactions and everything else, um, which bounces back nicely to what Janet was saying. Because have you guys been told to, that over there that they should reduce the cycles of magnification from forty-five down to thirty or something like that with your with your PCR yes. testing? Is that a thing over where you only got- only for the vaccinated? Well, how does that work? only for the vaccinated? So only un- yeah. unvaccinated only on the vaccinated. people. They they're still running the tests at forty-five cycles. Vaccinated people, they're running it at twenty-nine cycles. I think. Right. Well, that's that's a little bit retarded, isn't it? Because you so you're replying. <laughs> sorry sorry i'm just like eh? exactly so right so so he said retarded we're only going to look a little bit but if you've been, vac- if you've been unvaccinated we're going to look real hard <laughs> and look into your soul <laughs> wow oh they're just going they're going in dry aren't they i tell you no warning nothing well, and- well this is again they're they're pushing the narrative they're making sure that their narrative is fitting what the facts are or their facts are fitting what the narrative is and uh what they are trying to do is saying if you're unvaccinated you are the primary cause and the primary spreader of covid-19 if you are vaccinated um you're not you d- uh, what what's her name? Uh, Luana Wynn or uh, Leanna Leanna Wynn or whatever her name Wu is. Or whatever Wu her name or is. she's on CNN. She's an idiot. She's a doctor. She call, calls herself a doctor. I think she got her doctorate via uh, in education, something other than medicine. Um, because everything she said is well, it's got to be worse for the people who are unvaccinated. So for instance, you're going to have to get if if she had her way, we would all have a test. Uh, if you're unvaccinated, you would have a test every, every like four days, basically you would have to get tested every four days. You would have to fill out all this paperwork before you went anywhere. Um, you, you wouldn't be allowed into places. You wouldn't be allowed to go eat or dine out without having tests visible and on you. So like literally it was hanging off of you. I was like, wow, how about we just put yellow stars on everybody and say, Hey, look, you're unvaccinated. And, um, but then it comes back to the, you know, I followed that up immediately with, well, wait a minute, I'm vaccinated and I had my blood drawn and my blood has been studied by a hematologist. And that person told me I have none of the antibodies. So am I really vaccinated or not? I got something in my arm. I'm not really sure what it was now. Um, it's a difficult one. Hey. It's a difficult one. But there was a doc- there was a doctor on one of our news, um, like uh, you know, like oh, brain fu- you know, like the news channels you have uh, where they have people come on. Um, we have one called Talk Radio, um, and 
it is what it is. But a woman came on. I can't remember where she was from now. She was a doctor. Uh, no, she was a behavioral psychologist working for Sage, and Sage is the the rubbish system that's governing our country at the moment. She's um, one of the behavioral psychologists, which I need to remember to go on to this later on. But she basically pretty much turned around and said on live TV that she'd prefer it if masks were around forever. Um, and then <laughs> when she was questioned on her political beliefs after it came out that she has ties with the CCP, um, she refused to answer it when they said, do you think your opinions are, you know, motivated or <clears throat> um, by by your political stance? And she said, oh, I'm here to answer questions. I refuse to acknowledge anything about, you know, my political stance on things, which basically is yes. We all know that. Um, but then I read a book. Of course. After, yeah, exactly, 100%. Um, and she got a lot of grief from that, but she didn't seem to be bothered. But she's quite high up in, uh, obviously, advising the government minister, the government officials. But there's a book that you should read called The State of Fear, which is written by, uh, I'll come back to that one, I can't remember her name, but she's a, she's a journalist in England. And she talks about how they weaponized fear. Um, it's, non, it's a non-conspiratorial book, which is really good, but she talks how they weaponized fear to basically get everybody to do what they want. And she goes into things quite, you know, in a detail. Didn't way. she? Didn't she go to the inauguration of Biden? Wasn't she the one that was there at the inauguration for Biden? And she did a whole bit for Sky News. I could have sworn I, I, I know who you're talking about. I know, I know the female you're talking about. And she did a whole bit for Sky News about how uh, it was supposed to be full of all this pomp and circumstance, and uh, it felt really flat when she was there, and she was like, it was really odd. Uh, with all the troops and everything. I think I know exactly the woman you're talking about. I think I've seen her book too. Yes. So she's, um, I'm just going to go. Yeah. So um, <laughs> what's her name? <laughs> uh, why does it sound? Oh, Laura B- B- Dodsworth. There we go. That's it. Right. Laura Dodsworth. Um, and it's just, um, it's called The State of Fear, How the UK Weaponized Fear, basically. But what she says in the book, which is really interesting, she talks about there's two groups in England called the, There's a Nudge Unit. Um, and there is, um, another group of people, um, that, that, that are overarching with his nudge and nudge units are, are basically behavioral psychologists that are used to almost nudge, including the title, public opinion a certain way or push a certain agenda. Um, but these people that work in the nudge unit, apparently England has the most advanced behavioral psychologists working in Britain, which is why we are the most feared or fearful state in the world allegedly which is why we're the most vaccinated which is why we've had the most the least amount of pushback uh, and why we're also compliant because allegedly we've got the best behavioral psychologists fucking with our heads <laughs> so so what hope do we have but it's a really good book i definitely hey that they're they're really good at that they they use that fear to push their narrative and when the fear starts to fall, they drive it right back up again. That's what we're seeing with the Delta variant. That's why you're seeing the fear mongering come through the US again. There was a story in the news just the other day here in Georgia, because they're really, now they're pushing that the Delta variant really affects children, right? But COVID doesn't really affect children. So I'm calling bullshit on that one too. And Matt, we've talked about that before, why COVID doesn't affect kids. They don't have ACE2 receptors. They don't have the enzymes necessary for COVID to attach to to really affect them. So they generally don't get COVID. So Not now- only that, they don't generate the lung capacity for it. That's the other thing they found in the last six, 16 weeks that I was like, 
wow, yeah, now they're realizing that kids do not generate the lung capacity for COVID to actually get inside their system. And I was like, hmm. But uh, we had an interesting story come out of here in Georgia just the other day, this five-year-old boy, absolutely beautiful kid, tragic. Um, and of course, the headline is that five-year-old boy dies from the Delta variant of COVID. But when you actually read the article, which no one does, they just read the headlines, it's clickbait. Um, you read down as the article and it said that this child had strep throat and a staph infection. And when they took him to the hospital for step, strep throat and a staph infection, he tested positive for COVID and he died in his mother's arms. Horribly tragic. I could not imagine losing a child like that. Not only that. Don't I mean blame COVID. The child had a staph infection. And where does a child, a five-year-old get strep and a staph infection from? I would guess probably from wearing a mask. So, I, I don't want to lay bl blame at mom and dad's feet, but I mean, if you were making them wear a mask, yeah, I, I would see that as being a big issue. Not only that, but I mean, if you look at it, uh, what kills most humans uh, after anything, especially traumatic, I mean, tra trauma is one thing, but a traumatic injury, 90% of the p things that kill people are staph infections. For instance, we had, a, um, there was a guy in the bed right next to me when I was in the hospital and... Uh, he had a brain injury, same thing. Um, and not, not the same thing as I had, but he had a brain injury and, uh, the piece of metal that they put in his head was dirty. Anyway, they did it overseas. When he got back to the States, they found out that he had a staph infection and he lost, uh, what, uh, shit over a third of his brain. I mean, they had to cut they rolled, like they rolled his him whole out of the head warrior project commercials. Now his whole head is like mm -hmm. half of it was dented in. I was like, Oh my Lord. And, uh, because he had a staph infection and had done that much damage at the time when he finally made it back to the States. So, I, I mean, staph infections are horrible in a medical setting period with an open wound or anything. Uh, you're lungs, right. blood, you get a staph infection in your blood, you might as well go ahead and kiss your ass goodbye because you're going to die from that. That's not something very easily cured because it moves too fast around your body through your bloodstream. So it's uh, uh, this uh, thought that he died from COVID uh, to me is freaking crazy in and out of itself. Yeah. <clears throat> but again, it's just how they're pushing the narrative because they're trying to drive up the fear. They want to put us back in masks. They want to lock us down again. Um, they want to make this a regular seasonal thing. Actually, I've got a, a, a quick clip video, a quick video from this guy who I think summed it up quite well. Um, I have to get back to it because, of course, my mother texted me. She's so good at that. Well, I could just you know? jump in there because there's a paper that I've just scrolling through right now that was, uh, was done oh, a little while ago where it was trying to see if there is any detriment to your, to your respiratory function if you were to wear a mask that covered your nose and mouth in children. And they basically, to paraphrase this art, this paper wildly, they basically said that <clears throat> there was about a 20% increase in carbon dioxide loitering around their cells whilst they wore a mask, basically. Um, is that the JAMA right? study? Uh, let me scroll back up. <clears throat> uh, this one is MDPI, I think it is. Uh, it's a mask that covers the mouth and nose, free from undesirable side effects in everyday use, and free of potential hazards. Basically, um, they did a similar study here in the U.S. Uh, yeah, in, in coordination with Germany. Yes, and the CDC took it down because it didn't meet it didn't meet the narrative. 
the oh. day before the AAP, who is right. funded by Pfizer, by the way, um, the day before right. the AAP right. recommended that all children over the age of two wear masks. So they took down the JAMA study and they pushed out masks again for kids. Yeah. It's, it's just ridiculous. Because we were supposed to have Freedom Day <clears throat> on the 19th of July in England, right? International Freedom Day. So they've, what the government have done is they've, they were supposed to get rid of all the mass mandates, all the restrictions and, and go back to, to, to normal. But what they've done is they've said, well, look, we're not going to do that. We're going to leave it down to the organisations that you go to to decide what restrictions they're going to put in place. <clears throat> so they've just kicked the can down the road, really, and made it somebody else's problem. And because these organisations are going to be so scared, um, everybody's still wearing a mask. Certain shops have taken up the stickers on the floor and a couple of other bits, but nothing's really changed at all, to be honest with you. So they, they were sneaky there when they did that. But then on the same day, um, while they did that, they then said to everybody, you're going to need a passport, COVID passport, to get into to clubs, pubs, cinemas, large gatherings, large events from September. Um, how'd that go over? How's everything else gone over in Britain? To be honest with you, honestly, we are, <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's, it's even my wife as well. Brilliant. I love her so much. She's awesome. Heads, she's my wife, but she's like fully proper, like hard awake now. And it's, it's been, it's been interesting to watch her go through the journey, um, that we all go through when you first kind of you get, get to that stage. Um, and, uh, it's, it's been interesting, but then she's also coming across the same problems with her family as well. Uh, and the fact that no one even wants to discuss it, that's the problem. That's the problem. So for, from our point of view in England, it, it, people get really angry, uh, my family included and everything else. So it's it's really difficult to just walk down the street and, and, and try and do certain things because people will report you, police will arrest you. Um, there was a video of a guy giving out a headmaster, dishing out pamphlets outside of school trying to encourage children to have the vaccine and that was all over the news and then there was another woman um or some families before trying to give out leaflets to deter people from having the vaccines and they were arrested for doing that and that's that's the kind of sort of state we're in at the minute really where there is no discussion about any alternative uh views or or you know your, your human rights and everything else this is the way and if you're going against it then you're just being part of the problem and they really are trying to push Someone said something to me the other day, and I'll let somebody else speak because I can talk for ages, but somebody said the other day that it's not about getting people to take the vaccine. It's about convincing the people that have had the vaccine to hate the people that haven't. Right. Yes. It's it's and like it, large Stockholm syndrome. To, to mirror what, or to actually not mirror it, but Second. we're the same here in that nobody wants to talk about it. However, the thing that, we're seeing now is that a lot of America uh, is done with it. They're asking, okay, where are my rights? Where is all this stuff that I'm mm -hmm. supposed to have? People are done. They're not going to fuck with this anymore. They're tired of wearing masks. Um, now that, I mean, every time that Fauci gets on the fucking TV, he looks like a moron. <laughs> so it's getting even better. Every time he fucking opens his mouth, it's, it's like, you're a fucking idiot, dude. And 90% of America now is starting to roll back the, well, not 90, I'd say probably a good, a hard 60% of America is now starting to roll the opposite way where they're like, no, we're, we're, you did it once. You're not doing it again. 
And I got a feeling if they try to lock us down in the States again, um, we're going to, there's going to be a fight, whether it's at, uh, wherever it starts, there's going to be a fight here. It's not going to be pretty, however it ends. And I, I mean, I, there's not, not much more you can say about that. They're, they're not, you're going to see a lot of what's going on in France right now. I mean, France is being told to lock down again and they are losing their shit. And I, I don't blame Australia them. Australia too. I don't blame them. But Janet, you were going to say something. What's up? I was just going to say, um, like talking about mask, respirators, things like that. This is a guidance again um, from our federal government to healthcare providers. Okay. And it says that they are recalling all kinds of respirators, uh, masks, things of that nature, because the FB, FDA believes healthcare facilities should not use crisis capacity strategies any longer. Crisis capacity cons- conservation strategies were previously previously recommended to address respirator and mass shortages earlier during the COVID outbreak. This was updated June 30th, 2021. We are no longer at crisis capacity, nor should hospitals or healthcare facilities follow crisis procedures for COVID, even though they're telling you uh, once again, that the hospitals and healthcare places are completely and totally overrun. Federal government's telling you you no longer have to worry about that. And they have deauthorized the use under the Emergency Authorization Act, which is not just for the vaccine, it's for um, respiratory splitters, other, other kind of stuff too. But they're telling you there is no crisis. Yeah, PPE. So I just want to be people to be aware of that. Yeah. So it's not necessary. Well, they so also healthcare providers, the, uh, PCR tests, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. Um, also they, uh, we were talking earlier about the, um, certain, you know, PCR swabs we were talking about where they, they also check for influenza as well as, um, COVID. Um, this is for Roush mm-hmm. Molecular Systems, which Roush is one of the biggest um, manufacturers that lots of healthcare facilities use. They are partnered completely and solely with Moderna. It's in their own stuff. Recall on Roush Molecular Systems for testing for SARS, influenza, um, A and B because of guess what? Faulty PCR cycling. Hmm. Reactions may may cause false positive results and therefore lead to unnecessary isolation of patients and additional health monitoring that were not necessary in the first place. Government's own website, government's so, so own Janet, writing. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What um the yes. uh on your your end the PCR tests that George Soros and Bill Gates bought up who was that do you know what company oh, that yeah. was that they bought that they bought out the last rights to mean, they have like everything to this it this one 
Yeah, that yeah. I don't. Yeah, my I don't favorite what one, the the my favorite fat did. guy to pound on. Yeah, I wouldn't pound on him with a meat mallet. But anyway, that's beside the point. My favorite guy, Bill Gates, of course, <laughs> is involved in this one also. Don't know what the company is called, but it's in the UK and they bought it for $41 million. Insane. That's a steal from what I understand. Well, maybe because they knew that everything was getting recalled. Like this uh, Innova Medical Group recalls unauthorized SARS-CoV-2 right. antigen rapid Lots of tests those. with risk of false test results. Yep. Yeah, 77,000 yep. in the United States um, for, for the same reason because of, uh, let's see, reason for recall. Um mm-hmm. False negative results may lead to delayed diagnosis or inappropriate treatment, and false positive results could lead to a delay in the correct diagnosis and the initiation of an appropriate treatment. And Innova Healthcare, that is, uh, that's a UK company, isn't it, Matt? Innova uh, Healthcare. Yeah, I think so. Um, because I was just, I was looking at exactly the same product recall. Because um, I think I heard rumors of it happening in the states, and there was nothing in the UK about it, and there still hasn't been. And then I went, <laughs> I remember looking online. And then going downstairs into my cupboard and seeing the, the the lateral flow test I've got in the box, and it was exactly the same batch number, date, and everything else. Uh, there's still been nothing in the UK about uh, recalling it. And the company that Bill Gates and George Soros is buying is Melogic, M-O-L-O-G-I-C. Never heard of them. Um, but yeah, we've had no product recalls on any of that stuff, and the testing is um, is still going ahead as well as you know. As fierce as ever. Hmm. So, and here's here's the interesting thing. So, the FDA has identified these as a class one recall, the most serious type of recall. Right. Use of most these devices severe. may cause serious injuries or death. Why isn't it immediately recalled? The recall's not going through until the end of the year. We're only halfway through the year. So, why are they authorizing the use of these tests for another five months before the recall goes into effect if they know that they're so dangerous now? I, I think I actually I can answer that one and I'm going to go ahead and just take a stab at it. They don't have anything to backfill it. They do not have any other test to backfill it with. And what are you going to do? Correct. Do you know how much it costed um, my doctor to pull my blood and have a hematologist look at it? Honestly, I mean, yeah. outside of the military healthcare system, that alone is probably close to 200 grand just to do that. Yeah. And I'm just estimating, and that's US dollars, not euros or yeah. British pounds. I mean, so if they stop testing, the virus goes away. If they have no positive right. test results, then they can no longer claim a pandemic. If they can no longer claim a pandemic, then the emergency use authorization goes away. Falls away. Yep. And if they have right. no emergency use authorization, right. they can no longer push out the jab. So um, the guy correct. I was talking about before, he, he's a smart man here. I'm going to, I'm going to let this kid, uh, this, this. So once again, uh, apparently the government overlords that are watching this in real time didn't like what we had to say because our system keeps kicking us out. I'm not quite sure why. Um, so those of you that are watching this on Rumble, this once again will have to be in two parts. Those of you that are listening on audio, um, I'll be able to put it all together as one stream again. But 
So going back to this kid that was summarizing uh, what's going on, here we go. Let's listen to him. So this is how it's going to go the next year. You see, they're going to give us our summer. They're going to let us feel what it's like to go back to normal. And then in fall, they're going to pull the rug out right from underneath everybody. You see, because the people who took the you-know-what are ticking time bombs. And they're going to start getting infected again from this disease to a much higher capacity. And there's going to be a lot more deaths because of the you-know-what. Not because of the ones who didn't take it, but because of the ones who did. However, what they're going to pull is that the people who didn't take it are the reason why people are dying and not the other way around. It's very sinister and it's very cunning. So enjoy your summers, guys. Enjoy your time with your families while you still can, because ultimately the plan has already been set in motion. It's very clear that this is the final plan to destroy all world governments and economies and usher in the new world order. So this is how it's going to go the next year. That's uh. So can I add something to that? Or Please. just ask the question? Because with what's going on, I've been reading lots of tweets and things of people feeling a, a feeling of impending doom. Yeah, is what we call it when someone's just about to have an heart attack or is having a heart attack. Do you think, because we, we, we're, we're getting, well, we've got food shortages over here already. Um, the government we did that kind of thing and said, don't panic buy. So everyone went to panic buy. They're blaming it on... Um, the, uh, the track and trace app is making loads of drivers and staff members have to isolate so they can't stack the shelves. They're blaming it on loads of uh, EU drivers have gone back home. So we haven't got the HGV drivers to bring the produce. They're blaming it on Brexit and that the French are keeping our food in France for longer. But we've noticed that over the last few weeks when food's getting delivered, it's not lasting to the sell by date. Fruit, fruit's going off quicker. Milk's going off quicker. There's less things on the shelves. So, we know that there potentially could be food shortages and water shortages and all this kind of stuff. When that guy just said then with regards to bringing down the economy and the governments, do they think that if we, and I'm asking you guys this because it's just interesting to hear, do you think they're going to get to the point where there's going to be so, we're going to be on the verge of, you know, starvation to the point where we actually start physically attacking our own governments because of the starvation. And in turn, the government will be taken down because of us. And then we'll just be in a complete and massive sort of state of anarchy. And then this, obviously, the phoenix rises from the ashes, doesn't it, with this new world order government and everything else. But we've still got a long way to go, haven't we, now, between now and it getting to the state where you're going to have to literally be protecting your food stocks and everything else. I mean, do you think it's all going to be between now and winter we're going to get to that? Or do you think it's going to be another six months after winter comes in, after the initial first wave of deaths comes? Um, I think, well, yes and no. So I, I think they are going, they're already starting with food shortages. The, the shelves are pretty bare. I was at the grocery store yesterday and the, the shelves are about half full right now. Um, it's kind of a scary thing. We're hearing reports that the amazing, fantastic current administration that you know, that the overlords of the United States, they are paying farmers to burn their crops in the fields, uh, paying them not to farm. They are slaughtering animals in the fields because they don't have enough food or water to feed them. And they don't have the capacity to, or even fuel to send them to butchers to turn them into the steaks that you buy on the shelves at the grocery store. So 
Yes. But I, I don't think that the people are going to rise, or I think that their plan is that the people don't rise against the government for the food shortages. I think that their plan is for the people to fight each other over that last can of peaches on the shelf. Um, so they starve us out. They get us to fight each other. Countries are in revolt. And then they call in the UN to come and settle things down because the United like Nations is the savior of the entire world. Yeah. Mm. So, so although that is a very apocalyptic view of what I didn't even bring could, up EMP, you can't call could, it apocalyptic. Could happen. Um, <laughs> my view is a little more, I, I guess I I'm waiting. more, um, I guess I, I, I look back at the 3% and that that's what I'm always, that's, if there's one thing the government always overlooks and we, we call ourselves the three percenters because 3% of, uh, Americans have served in the military, less than 2% have served during a time of war and less than 1% have actually been wounded or hurt or anything like that of the American population. And the one thing that I always think that the U S government bears very little notice to or notice of is the veterans because, um, I, I don't honestly, I don't think it's going to get that far. I think it's going to get to a point where enough of our rights have been tra trampled here in the U S that we're essentially going to go through another revolution. Um, how that revolution goes down, I have no idea. Um, is it going to have, it could very well have, I mean, if you look at what we did to you all in 1775, it was over a stupid tax mm -hmm. essentially of tea. And, uh, you know, we were talking, we were talking about it on your losing day, as I call it your losing day, because that's what it was. Um, on July 4th, we talked about it on our episode on July 4th. And I said, what if King George in all of his infinite wisdom went ahead and said, you know what? Yeah, you're right. And gave us a seat in parliament and said, you have a voice in parliament and oh, by the way, these taxes, okay, I'll get rid of a couple of them. If he had just done that, could you imagine what this world would be like right now? It would because be essentially the, the U.S. would never have existed. We would still fall under Britain. We would be another colony of Britain. So I, I asked this question in all honesty, especially of you, Matt, because you're outside of the United States and you see more of the world on that end, on that side than we do, obviously. Um, do you think that people over there are waiting for something? Do you feel in Britain that people are waiting for something like specifically waiting? Like, because I've heard from other people and we've been to a couple other countries now this year, cause we got to go to Jamaica and stuff. And I've talked to some other people and I've had the thing where people have asked me, said, you know, when is the U S going to be done with this? When are the people in the United States going to be done with this? Meaning, Hey, when the fuck are you all going to rise up? Because that's what we're waiting for. And my question is, do you believe that's something in Britain that maybe the people in Britain are waiting for? Is that something in the UK that you've heard a lot of talk about? Like if the U I mean, like for instance, let's say we do break out in another revolution. What are the people in Britain going to do? Or France or Australia? It's been weird, you know, because at the minute there's been, there was worldwide protests yesterday, UK, France, Australia, 
um, Germany, mm-hmm. you know, that, that Japan, was- by the yeah, way, the Japan is well, huge yeah. right now. Japan um, is not, I don't know if you all heard this this morning and I got this news this morning, but in Japan, uh, they took a video. There was a dude, uh, he's, I guess he's over there in the part of the Olympic games and he's, uh, a red pill dude. And he was taking videos of it. And he's like, listen to what they're saying because what they were reporting on TV is they were reporting the fact that there was a pandemic going on and they were bringing all these people in from other countries. And they thought there was going to be some sort of outbreak in Tokyo. No, what they were actually saying in Japanese is they were saying, you're bringing all these vaccinated people into this country. That's what they were protesting. They weren't protesting the fact that the Olympics were in Japan. They were protesting the the fact that they brought all these vaccinated people into Japan with a spike protein that now they're afraid that it's going to wipe out their population. That's what they're protesting. And I was like, that is not being reported anywhere here in the United States. Matter of fact, you don't even hear about it. We heard about Mm -hmm. some of the protesting initially in the initial, um, the opening ceremonies and shit, but we haven't heard anything about that. Well, they weren't even sure whether the Olympics was going to go ahead, though, were they, either, um, because of everybody having to isolate. And, well, that's what they've said on the TV, but, yeah, exactly. But, but going back to your original question. So my opinion of America's changed a lot over the last few years, right? So, obviously, the way <laughs> the opinion – and this isn't a bad thing. You guys have got your opinions of us, and we've got your opinions of Americans, right? But, but you know – we're all one people oh, now. Yeah, listen, oh, 100%, 100%. But the, thick skin, thick skin, Matt. Yeah, Don't no, worry no, about no. it. <laughs> Sometimes the and this this is this, this was my kind of opinion, which is, but it was like, you know, you got that drunk, mate. It's always a bit too loud that you can't, you know, you got to be careful where you take them sometimes to, to the pub that's, and everything that, else. That would, that would that's the it. United yeah. States of America. Yeah, so <laughs> so that's that's what, what, what you know, Americans <laughs> used to be like, you know. But, but, but turning it on its head now, because I think you – you got because you're quite young as a country, and that's not your fault, you know. And without trying to sound condescending or patronising, uh, your 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 views on freedom were almost naive sometimes because it's like, oh, bless you. I mean, yes, it'd be so good if we could have freedom like that, but but obviously we've lived centuries in England, so we've had it beaten out of us. Whereas you guys haven't had it like that yet. So, but but over the last twelve months, if I'm honest with you, they're trying. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, I know, but. You should be a proud. You should be proud as a nation, as a country, because you've been like a bastion of what it should be like for people to to exp- what freedoms you know are, and, and and when you should start fighting for them, and not just expect other people to to do it for you and everything else. So personally, I'm I'm like, you know what, America's you guys, and we know this now. If you fall, America falls. Then the rest of the world is fucked, basically. And I don't care what anybody says. That's that's my opinion. You guys are the last sort of That's pillar true. of people that know their rights, have it written down on a piece of paper that no one can jeopardize it. No one can 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 say it's not this, it's not that. We've got the Magna Carta, which has been superseded by so many other documents from Parliament. We don't even know whether common law works in our country or not. So we don't even know what rights we have. We do, but we don't know whether the government acknowledges them or not, whether it's lawful. And it's just a mess. So we're so confused with regards to even knowing what rights we are. People don't even know the difference between lawful and what law is, you know, mandatory and, and, and guidance. So at the moment, I think from our perspective, mm-hmm. being in England, they've taken advantage of our compliance as a nation. We're very much right. We'll do as you say as a collective. We'll have some tea. We'll have a discussion and we'll just stick together, stiff up a lip, carry on or we'll ride it out. And I think they've taken advantage of our solidarity because obviously in the First World War, we all came together. We all did what we did. We stuck together. We hunkered down and we came out of it. And I think a lot of people think if we do that, we'll be fine. And everybody in England is just saying, well, it'll be fine. We just got to see what happens. You know, it'll all come out in the wash. And it's not coming out in the wash. And I think people are getting to the point now where they're like, 
well, now what do we do? And because we haven't got any kind of like champions that are prepared to stand up, or we do, but there are the shills, white hats, celebrities, or people that could be easily discredited. It's difficult for people to rally behind one particular person. And any people that are standing up at the minute, they're either too uncouth that people just don't take them seriously enough, which shouldn't be an issue, but it is, unfortunately. If they don't look right, if they don't sound right, they can't get behind them, they can be a little bit too far down the rabbit hole as well. When you're trying to get everyone to unite against the COVID thing, you can't start talking about, you know, eating babies and stuff. You know what I mean? Alex Jones isn't cutting it for you. Yeah, well, no, no, he did, no. So, so the pinches of salt, you know what I mean? you got to take, you got to just, but when you're trying to solidify everyone's sort of trigger to unite, it's difficult because everyone's at different depths of the rabbit hole. Some people don't even know there are any rabbit holes and it's really difficult to get everybody on the, on the same sort of right. level that we can just agree on. And just stick to that. It doesn't matter whether you believe that people eat babies or whether there's a 1% that run everything or not. Because at the minute, none of that matters. Because at the moment, if we don't deal with this, we're not going to have any of that anyway. And I know, obviously, they, they in my opinion, have, you know, it's all controlled from above. But to get everyone to unite at having the same sort of motives to fight back, it's difficult to get everyone to agree on what they constitute or consider having your rights and your liberties taken away. Because people have just decided, well, you've chose to not take the vaccine, so therefore you've chose to not have those things. Which, in that logic, they're not wrong. But those things are your basic human rights, like being able to go to the shops and everything else. But and 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 it's very much that I'm all right, Jack kind of attitude. Like, well, I'm vaccinated, so it doesn't matter to me. You've chosen not to be, so if you can't go to the cinema, that's your fault. What they don't get is the overarching of that, and the fact that it won't just stop at you not being able to go to the cinema. You might not be able to go to the supermarket. Then how do you get your food? You might not be able to start using healthcare and all this kind of stuff. And when we get to that point, it'll be too late, like it was in, in Germany. And they'll all be wondering how we got to that point in the first place. So at the minute in England, there isn't no, there is no one person that they can all rally behind, in my opinion, <clears throat> that ticks all the boxes enough for people to kind of you, you get behind. He's either a, David Icke, for example, I think he's a shill. He spent 30 years telling everybody what's going on, but done nothing about it, in my opinion. There are other people that are trying to shout and scream, and they're doing it the wrong way because they want to get famous from it or earn money or whatever. And, and it's really difficult because, you know, it, it's just the way it is, unfortunately. But in England at the minute, I think they are waiting for someone or something to happen. And it's not going to happen because there is no one. We are the people that need to sort it out. And until we all understand that and have enough people woke 100th monkey syndrome in it we're going to be stuck i hate the thought of what's going to happen to england next yeah it's it's going to go back to the you are your own leaders uh you are your own leaders who you're waiting to be Mm -hmm. and that's what it takes and i i just have the distinct impression from other countries that they are waiting uh they i've had a lot of friends in other countries ask me and they've said Hey, when are you, when is the United States just going to say, I'm, I'm done with it? It's, it's over. It's time to, uh, you know, when are you guys going to stand up and go after your own? And it, uh, unfortunately, the more and more this continues and the further and further along this gets, I, I don't see it not too far off in the future, especially if they come back in again and try and lock us down. I think that's going to be um, a real big problem. However, on, uh, the side of the food and everything else and the food shortages and uh, a new world order thing. 
whether them ever, ever actually, I think there will be a revolution in this country before they ever get control of this country. I don't think that'll ever be allowed mm -hmm. to take place. And again, I believe that based on the 3% of this country that will stand up, that are not afraid to stand up. And, uh, as you put it, the hero of sorts, cause you got to have a heroine and, a, um, and a bad guy. And, uh, in this case, it would be, we would be standing up to the new world order. It would be the United States standing. I mean, even if we do it on our own, it's not going to be one of those things. We wait for another country. It's going to be a state that tips this off. That's going to set it off mm -hmm. much like what happened in the civil war, much what happened in the revolution. It was Massachusetts in the revolution. It was, uh, it happened in South Carolina in the civil war. I, I mean, it's not, it's going to be a state more than it will be a person. It will be a group of people that stand up and then the rest of the country is going to get on board with them. And I see that happening a lot sooner than what I think the government even sees. And that's just my opinion though. What about you, Janet? You got an opinion of this? I was going to say, um, I completely agree because it's not going to be, um, a celebrity or politician or anything like that, that, that saves us quote, it's going to be us. Um, and it's going to be the people that have a spine and have a backbone and found their voice and, and they're standing up for what they believe. And, and something funny I've got to point out just because it made me chuckle. So Matt mentioned a couple of minutes ago, um, the feeling of impending doom that is now on the list of side effects of the vaccine. Um, if you have a feeling of impending doom, oh. you're having Man, an allergic reaction. Have you been reaction. vaccinated? No, no, no. I got the vaccine. <laughs> so, you know, like, well, I, I uh, have a, Matt, I have I a message. About, I was going to say, we talked about that, like, what did you say, it. episode three? A long time ago about like yeah um the side effects of the vaccination and now i just want to point out that they have moved all of the very severe side effects into a vasal vagal reaction column and the really severe side effects from the vaccine there are none except for a headache muscle and joint pain you may vomit or get diarrhea you may have a swollen lymph node. Did they take node death off of there? Because that the was armpit. on there before. Yeah, death, death is no longer on here. Um, fever, chills, fatigue. Uh, but those are all the, quote, severe things of the vaccination. And then, of course, um, like the cardiovascular symptoms, the neurological symptoms that we talked about before are now under a vasal vagal reaction which quantifies them as non-severe or life-threatening so um the VAERS data is definitely being manipulated the symptoms have been manipulated now if you have myocarditis endocarditis or anything like that you're having a vagal vasovagal response that's like that's not life-threatening or severe so i just wanted to bring that up and then i also wanted to say According to their own documentation that they have to hand out as a healthcare provider when you get a vaccination, this one is for Pfizer. It is eight pages long. It says there is no U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved vaccine to prevent COVID-19. It is your choice 
to receive vaccination. Um, it may not protect you. It may not protect everyone. Respiratory illness can affect other organs as well. So they, it's a respiratory vaccine, but now all of a sudden it's affecting other organs. It clearly states on the Pfizer sheet and on the Moderna sheet and on the Johnson & Johnson sheet for the United States that you have an option to take this vaccination. It's not mandatory. You cannot mandate a vaccine under the EU. So just so everybody knows that, know your rights. Um, you're a citizen and you have rights and stand up for them. Yeah, don't don't let them coerce you or try and push you into it or peer pressure, social pressure, none of that. Know your rights. If your gut tells you not to take it, don't take it. Talk to your doctor mm -hmm. and then talk to another doctor because uh, well, I don't necessarily that's trust doctors. These you're days. arguing my point, but I, I've always said that. It's, it's always, as far as I'm concerned, it's still a very private conversation that you need to have with your doctor. If you're going to get the vaccine, talk to your doctor first. And if you don't trust that doctor, talk to another doctor. But the whole point is talk to a doctor, talk to a healthcare mm -hmm. professional, somebody that knows about your medical records, knows about you, knows how your body right. is. I had a conversation with a friend of mine's dad just the other day. And I said, well, what does your doctor say? He's like, well, I haven't talked to my doctor yet. I said, well, go talk to your doctor. Don't talk to me. I am not that guy. Go talk to your doctor. Let your doctor who knows all the medical procedures you've had. And this guy just like had a heart attack just the other, just a couple of weeks ago. And I told him, I was like, look, you understand what you're putting in your body right now. We already know that it's growing to the swelling of the heart, all sorts of problems. And I said, you just had a heart attack. Um, mm -hmm. You're more than likely and more apt to have another one. That being said, I would be in very serious conversations. I'd have very serious conversations with your heart doctor about your heart and about what this vaccine does. And don't be afraid. I say, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a stigma out there. If you bring up to a medical professional and you say, hey, look, well, I read this stuff online that says, uh, well, there's a chance that the heart's going to swell and all this other stuff. Uh, I was like, don't be afraid. Of, if, if you think it's a conspiracy theory, doesn't mean that it necessarily is a conspiracy theory. It is something that is obviously out there that people are talking about. I was like, don't be afraid mm -hmm. to bring that up to them. If this is a, if it could lead to serious health complications for you, do not be afraid to bring something up like that. I was like, just because you're going to sound like a kook, who cares? It's your life. I mean, what do you want to do? Do you really want to take a shot that might kill you? I mean, we saw, um, was it a, a video today? Uh, v Lynn showed me this video today. It was actually really good. This guy like uh, just got the shot, got the jab, sorry, got the jab. And, uh, and I got to tell you, the jab is stuck, dude. Like, I don't know what the fuck, who, where else you went, what other podcasts you've gone on, but I've heard it everywhere now. Now everybody calls it the jab. Yes, it's the jab. We started it. I mean, I like to believe that we started it here, the four of us. We started the jab and we've been fucking propagating it ever since. But everybody, I've heard it on TV now. I hear TV announcers using the word jab. I hear radio people saying jab. It's, it's pretty good. Anyway. Uh, this guy just got the jab and uh, they were, I believe, Slovakian. Uh, I was listening to a little bit of it. They were speaking in a foreign language. Anyway, uh, the guy's holding a rare earth magnet over where this guy just got the shot. And every time he got real close, it started to pull the skin away from the arm. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's not. That's uh, like, you can see exactly where the shot went into his arm. And I was like, yeah, that's not right. That's not supposed to be like that at all. That's not the way this works at all. I'm not sure if anybody's aware of that, but like, if you can do that, there's obviously something else in that injection. But again, that goes back to having that conversation with your doctor. Um, 
So before we get into that, because that's our, our next part of this is what's in there, what we found out. Uh, Matt, I have a, a message for your people from one of your people here. This is World War Three, and the enemy is us. And the weapons are not nuclear. They're psychological and biochemical. Fight back. I, I don't like swearing, but for fuck's sake, stand up and fight back. Turn off that damn television. Definitely don't pay their bloody TV license. Go outside, hug people, rip that stupid mask off your face and send it to 10 Downing Street. If I had one, I'd shit in it first, but I've never owned one. Open your business, rip down those COVID signs, refuse to track and trace, live your life without fear. It's time to stop being a good little citizen. The social contract has been broken. The government is at war with you, and these bastards aren't playing by the rules. So why are you? These governments are treasonous and corrupt, and they're out to kill you. It is your duty to lawfully obstruct, impede, oppose, or hinder its operations as much as you can. The opposite of, of courage is not cowardice, it's conformity. And too many of us are conforming. Too many of us are complying. Too many of us are propping up this lie with our apathy. This all ends when we say no. Say no. Thanks for listening. I got to agree with that guy. And I got to say that it's not just Britain. That's the U.S. too. The that's U.S., everywhere. we are conforming right. to the norm right. that they want us to, their agenda, their narrative. They We are conforming to that narrative. And I got to tell you, that is, uh, that guy couldn't be more on if I've ever seen anybody else. That is outstanding. It's so difficult though. It's so difficult because <clears throat> you've got people that just don't want to acknowledge that there's any alternative to the to, not to the truth even i mean what what i've realized i think we touched on this last time everyone's got a different trigger haven't they everyone's got a different thing that makes them think hang on a minute i want to look into that my wife's was making children potentially have to take the jab uh and then the the, the isolation of the closing of schools we had two periods on the bounce where the, the boy was off school for 20 days yeah off for 10 back in for one day back off again for 10 and they didn't even tell us who tested positive whether it was same class same same room same county whatever and I sent a couple of emails to the school saying, look, what are you doing? What guidance are you following? Um, and, and they just said, well, we're following the guidance that we've been given by the local kind of, you know, person who, who's supposed to be clinical in that area. And it's just like, what do you do with that? Do you know what I mean? Because apart from dragging them out of the school, sitting them down and then doing a PowerPoint presentation and a lecture as to what's going on, it's really difficult to find that one sentence or that one kind of red pill, if you will, without red pilling everybody. It's going to make people stand up and, and take note because it's it's tiring it's tiring and you guys know that you get battle fatigue from trying to share stuff on social media to try and wake people up because despite what people say where just stop wasting your effort you know just don't try to wake people up that, that don't want to be woke and like yeah i know but i care about people so i don't want to just say well fuck you you've, you've made your bed so lie in it and then just watch everyone else set on fire i'd still try and put them out because that's what we like that's we humans man we, it, it and you, you know what you're saying there? I, I'm not disagreeing with you. And the one thing, um, okay, so recently here, I uh, have taken a venture down another rabbit hole that I never thought I would ever, ever venture down, right? <laughs> and this one actually really opened my eyes to, uh, because 
you know, there's not a time that I, I can think back on that I can say, you know, I was never like this, that I was like never questioning what the government was doing. There was never a time like I've always questioned it. I've always wondered because I was like, I'm in, I, even when I was a part of the government, I, I did it. And, uh, as I've learned from this one thing, this one, like a buddy of mine, he told me, he's like, we were sitting there, we were BSing one day after work and, um, we were bullshitting. And he said, dude, I'm beginning to believe something that you're going to think I'm a fucking absolute nutball for. And I was like, okay, what's that? I was like, just don't tell me you're one of those flat earthers. And he's like, oh no, I am. And the, our first argument about it, this is how the response was to me about it. He was just like, uh, he's like, come on, dude, how can you think that we live on a round planet? And I was like, are, are you fucking for real, dude? I said, you shoot just as much as I do. You understand the math and the physics. And he goes, and where did you learn all of that math and physics? And I was like, oh yeah, the government taught me the same government you question now. And I was like, holy shit. And you know, when you start to think about it that way, and maybe it's just because I've been red pilled to another, um, rabbit hole. I, I, I like to believe I was red pilled to another rabbit hole and that rabbit hole. Now I am really learning that I'm like, wow, there's a lot of crap that I kind of took for granted before because I thought, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, when you start looking at it, I, I just went and Google searched, you know, like, uh, photos of earth. You cannot find a photo of Earth that has not been taken by anybody else but NASA. Why is that? Where is the British space, you know, consortium? Where's Russia? Where's uh, Japan? Where's China? Where's anybody else other than NASA? You cannot find it. NASA is the only one out there. So I was like, I really started, I've been digging into it a lot deeper and I keep finding things. And it's people, you know, what I'm finding is it's people like us. It's people like us having this conversation that people are tuning in, listening to. And although initially they're like, yeah, fuck you. No, there's no way I'm going to believe this. There's something that we say, there's a conversation that we have, like what we're having right now that all of a sudden, boom, there it is. And they are from that point on, they start to grab onto something and it might be just a hair. And before you know it, they're pulling yarn before you know that they're pulling rope. And before, after that, they are pulling like the, the whole Flatter. fucking everything they're pulling the covers off their eyes and everything then comes open to them, but we have to get them there. And that's what this is. That's what we're doing here. And as I've re been I guess reawoke, if you will, to flat earth, I'm beginning to realize, you know, I used to make fun of those guys and say, man, flat, flat earthers, what the fuck are you? And now that I'm hearing their actual argument and my mind's actually opened up to it, I'm kind of sitting there going, well, my argument doesn't hold any weight. And that's the biggest part is you can't disprove their argument yet. You can't prove your own argument. And that's where I'm having the biggest issue with myself right now. I've been pounding myself, just beat myself amongst the head for the last couple of weeks, learning this shit. And it drives me up a wall because I do not have a solid argument to fight back with. I normally have the facts. I'm normally supported by fact. But then when you bring the art, when you start your first argument off with, well, where did you get those facts? Then you're like, well, wait a minute, hold the fucking phone. From right. the government that no one trusts. You're right. Well, yeah. There's this, um, there's this 
I'm, I'm trying to find it now. So there's this guy on YouTube that I've found, uh, and he talks about he's got a channel, but it keeps getting taken down because of the stuff he keeps publishing. It's about he, he, he his foundations beliefs are flat earth, but he, he's posted loads of videos and he talks about the photos that were taken in like the 1800s of Britain. And you look at the architecture and the buildings that were built. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the other people around the architecture. There's no concrete roads. They're all mud roads with horses. How the fuck did they build some of those buildings? Like the Houses of Parliament and all the other big buildings that you've got in the UK and around the world, Taj Mahal, all the Russian um, palaces and all that kind of stuff. How did they build That's the Tartaria rabbit hole. That's what I mean. That's Tartaria. So, so that's a whole different rabbit hole. I fell into that hard because I was like, and then he and then he started publishing pictures where, where there were no people in the town. Like, where are all the people? And then he posted some more pictures about talking about the landslides and why there's windows that look like they're underground. But then when you take away the mud and the concrete, there's actually built yep, anyway, the mud floods. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, his channel keeps getting taken down, and I'm trying to work my way through <laughs> it. But it's it's just like. Holy shit. So go back to the, the flat earth thing. There's there's a canal in England, in East Anglia, in Bedfordshire, which apparently you can see down straight for about two miles. Now, if the... Uh, I most certainly can. I've, I've been there. You've been there. Right. Okay. So apparently, if if the earth is spherical, then the, the horizon or the boat... They did a, an experiment. The boat went down the thing, and then it should disappear below the horizon if the earth, earth was Correct. spherical. But if it's straight or flat, then it should just stay, stay where it is. And apparently, the the boat didn't didn't go off the horizon, which doesn't prove the Earth is flat, but it, it puts a little bit of a a hole in the theory. Um, so I'm I'm on the fence with it because you're right; it's an argument that you can't prove either way because obviously the photographs have been done from space and you've been told the Earth is round. And you're like, well, what argument have you got? Well, you're like, well, it's just round, isn't it? It's like, yes, but what what proof have you got? <laughs> We've just been told it's round. Yeah, you have, haven't you? You've just been told it's round. Hard one. Hard one. Like, like for we've instance- been told the vaccines are safe. <laughs> we've yeah. been told that COVID's going to kill everybody. You know, it's funny. Fourth of July, we do this giant festival at my hotel. Like, it's a huge celebration. Um, we normally have a bouncy house. This year they didn't. But, you know caricature artists and face painters and cornhole and movies. Like we have this huge atrium. We have this huge party. Um, you know, all the guests then go out and watch the fireworks. It's this big show. So I was talking to these ladies and, uh, you know, we got into the, uh, I was subtly trying to red pill them, but we, we got into the whole COVID discussion and I, they asked me if I'd been vaccinated. One of the, the older lady, you know, she was like 70 and she'd, she'd been vaccinated and she asked me if I'd been vaccinated. And I said, no, I'm, I'm allergic to the vaccine. And besides I've already had COVID and they were like, what you had COVID. I said, yeah, I was really sick from February until April. I mean, I had long COVID. I was like really, really sick. I said, and at the same time, I said, I took a week off of work and then I came back to work sick because it was before COVID had even really become a thing. It was in February. Um, we didn't lock down until almost the end of March, so or the middle of March. And they, I said, you know, I, I gave it to almost my entire team. So now they're all good too. They've all had COVID. And this one lady looked at me and she said, well, how many people died? Were they just like, how many, how many people did you lose? And I said, uh, none. 
COVID has a 99.978% survivability rate if you're under the age of 50. And I don't really have anyone over the age of 50 working here on my team. I mean, except for, you know, the GM and the directors. Other than that, everyone's pretty young. They all survived because people don't really die from COVID. And this woman, I mean, she she was just aghast. Like she absolutely thought that if you got COVID, you were going to die. That was it. And that's just the fear mongering. But, and, and now I know, you know, I feel like sometimes we push out our own fear mongering because we, we tell people all the time, if you get the vaccine, you get the jab, you're going to die. And that's, that's our own fear propaganda that we're pushing out, except I think ours has a little more basis in fact than theirs ever did. So, um, here, here's a red pill for you by Stephen Fishman. And it's called, How Long Do the Vaccinated Have to Live? So he wrote this article. He said, I deferred this question to a friend of mine, Dr. Milo Kandarian, PhD, born Milos Iskandarios, Corfu, Greece, 1938, who developed the, pat the patent for graphene oxide for use as a hematological bioweapon in 2015. In full transparency, Dr. Kandarian is what I would call a genocidal globalist who follows precept 10 of the Georgia Guidestones, which is very seldom discussed, stating, be not a cancer upon the earth, leave room for nature. Dr. Kandarian is a medical contributor to the World Health Organization and is also very supportive of Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset, ushering in one world digital currency, which is a secondary goal of the WHO for 2022. Dr. Kandarian is of the opinion that 95% of the world's population are, quote, useless eaters who need to be euthanized as quickly as possible. Look at downtown Chicago, Baltimore, or Los Angeles, he has stated, and you will clearly see why the useless eaters must be put down like rabid dogs. He has expressed his disdain for infectious educators who promote critical race theory and is confident that the vaccine will put an end to human cancer upon the earth. Dr. Kandarian is an ardent supporter of Freemasonry's duty and obligation to rid the world of the plague of humanity. Yet on a personal level, he and I share a passion for the same exotic dish served at Lemonence de Vaux in Geneva, cream of hummingbird soup, followed by elk tongue. We are both fans of Chef Gaston Serre de Rivers, who is a culinary genius. So I asked Milo, how can the vaccinated know with certainty how long they have to live once they've been jabbed? He presented me with the information called the end of cycle formula. He explained how easy it is to calculate. The power of simplicity, he said, there is a maximum cycle of 10 years from injection to end of cycle or death, he elaborated, and it is extremely easy to determine. He said any hematologist can see it within seconds under a microscope and even more readily under an electron microscope. The percentage of blood affected or contaminated by or with graphene oxide is the representation reciprocity of the end of cycle calculation, he divulged. In other words, an inoculate, as he calls anyone jabbed with the experimental use authorization, eugenics depopulation, lethal injection bioweapon, having 20% graphene oxide deterioration in their blood will, barring any other input criteria, live for eight years, 10 years less 20%. Someone with 70% graphene oxide deterioration will not live more than three years, 10% less 70% or 10 years left 70%. Dr. Jane Ruby recently was interviewed by Stu Peters on his podcast and showed examples of what deteriorated blood looks like when exposed to graphene oxide. Graphene oxide, for those who are unaware, is the component of messenger RNA spike proteins and prions, which is at war with the heart, lung, 
brain, and blood for oxygen. Graphene oxide is an oxygen sponge, which deprives the body of necessary oxygen and causes many complications, including but not limited to anaphylactic shock, toxic blood clotting, fatal lung paralysis, mitochondrial cancer, and endothelial cancer. Dr. Milo Kandarian's viewpoint is much the same as Klaus Schwab's, Bill Gates, and the big pharma CEOs. Let them all die. I asked Milo what the effect of second and third shots and boosters do and how that changes the end of a cycle table. Milo replied, it is all measurable through hematological testing. The more shots and boosters the imbeciles get, the worse their blood will look under a microscope and the quicker they will turn to fertilizer. Finally, I asked him how the plot to kill so many billions of people could be kept so secret by such a group of elites. His answer was, you don't know much about Freemasonry, do you, Steve? And there you have it. So... That's fairly chilling, especially given light that a number of states in the United States now have made it legal to liquefy corpses and turn them into fertilizer because he directly Mm -hmm. refers to them being turned to fertilizer in that article. So um, Mm -hmm. I know there was a study or uh, the university in Spain, uh, what is it? The Almedia University, I think it's called. Almeida. Um, Almeida that managed to get their hands on a hundred vials of the Pfizer vaccine and tested it and found that 99.6% of the contents of the vial were actually graphene oxide. Well, they, within mm-hmm. the last four months, they were able it, to yes, get their this hands. Is this is this within is the last study, four months. Just this in is the last, not, no, this is not from the beginning. This is yeah. new. And it's really interesting Since because the, the Biden administration took over specifically says, yes, exactly. The emergency youth authorization Mm -hmm. says that they can add Mm -hmm. any ingredient to that Mm -hmm. vaccine after it's been authorized and they do not have to disclose it. So the ingredient lists that we were getting at the beginning, which was, was not easy. I know Janet, you and I dug really deep to get some of those ingredient lists. Graphene oxide was not on any of those lists and now they're finding it in the vial. So can either of you tell us what graphene oxide is, what it does, how it affects us? I can't. I mean, more specifically, I, why would you put it in a vaccine? Please. Well, well, he, and here's the thing. And once again, these are all from our government. There are 145 studies here. I have a huge list of paperwork over here. And this is uh, graphene oxide in blood. Um, Anybody that has actually seen the slides of uh, blood platelets, blood cells, red blood cells, and then um, compare and contrast them once a patient gets infected with um, the cuckoo virus, um, it does like V. Lynn and I discussed on the previous show where prionism disease appears, your blood cells elongate. They fold because normally a red blood cell is very round, um, has a hole in the center to carry oxygen, hemoglobin. Um, This actually stretches them and folds them. But graphene oxide has been studied from our pharmaceutical um, companies for quite a while now. And it says, um, even though it's, it's so extremely volatile, uh, it's makeup in humans, uh, it affects the liver, the lungs, 
the immune system, its biodimensional nature causes unique interactions with blood proteins, which I talked a lot about before, all the blood proteins that are in the in the body system and the makeup um, and what all those blood proteins affect. But it is also... Uh, causes severe effects like thrombogenicity, immune cell activation, immune cell destruction, um, graphene oxides, uh, you know, traveling through the body. It goes through the bloodstream. It affects plasma proteins to form biomolecular corona. Mm, Weird, huh? So, again... Uh, spike type proteins that affect all of your heart muscles, your neurological system, which is where the prion disease comes in. Um, this is also affects your reproductive system because it's in vivo, in vitro. Um, studies that they have done, every article links hundreds and hundreds of more articles about it. They're doing... Um, graphene oxide surface modification with polyacrylic acid functionalization to superior uh, superior to peg ligation. Uh, peg ligation, PEG, is in, quote, the vaccines right now, according to their stuff. However, it's toxic in humans, so they had to keep um, redoing it. Uh, it causes platelet depletion, fluid and ion channel depletion, membrane permeability, cytoskeleton destruction, um, pathological pathological changes in lung and liver, inflammatory responses, uh, cell membrane destruction, cellular uptake, extended platelet depletion in blood, on and on and on, cardiac destruction, heart attack, stroke. Well, everything we literally a lot of that stuff too is in all their research. Go ahead. If you if you look at all that stuff too, on top of that, you also have to remember that these things are also going through all of your muscles, all your soft tissue cells right. that actually need oxygen body. to survive, i.e., your muscles. So these guys that you you hear about that can't stand up or they can't move their arms or they become uh, there's a, a gentleman that we had on. Um, He's on the, our Telegram page. He's talking about how he's in the hospital again with, uh, well, he's in the hospital because he got the vaccine and he is now paralyzed from the waist down. He can't even use right. his legs anymore. Uh, so anywhere right. that these blood cells can go that carry oxygen, if you elongate the cell, you eliminate the ability for a blood cell to carry oxygen from your lungs to the muscles. It will cause initial paralysis, if not long-term paralysis, if it does not get enough because the nerve itself is part of it that has to get that oxygen to keep that muscle alive. And if the nerve does not have the oxygen to keep that muscle alive, it too will shut down and it'll just say, it's just like going on a respirator or a ventilator. For instance, uh, your body becomes lethargic to the fact that it no longer has to work because it has a machine working mm-hmm. for it. The second you take somebody off of that and boop, you're dead. It's the same type thing. So when you start right. doing that to nerves and muscles, that's where you start seeing. And most of the organs that you just talked about, Janet, were, you know, the liver, the heart, they're all right. the lungs. They're all surrounded by muscles. They're operated by muscles. They don't operate another way. Um, 
there's no chemical operation going on. No, she, she didn't say nothing about the stomach, even though stomach is a muscle. But that's stomach it acid too. itself is that's so bad in and out of itself that, I mean, it's just, you know, this is all muscular. It's all derived from oxygen. Again, what my understanding of this stuff, what it does is it steals the oxygen basically from the human body. It's like drowning or suffocating someone specifically from the inside out. That's my understanding of it. And I would just, right. I don't understand. Does it carry some sort of, uh, does it have a, a heavier or more dense weight that it carries this stuff faster through the bloodstream? I mean, that's my question. It Why is, would you even put that in the human body? It permeates Who, the blood brain, it the is, blood brain barrier. Brain barrier. Yeah. And with graphene oxide, what it does, it sucks out moisture um, from your system. It also sucks out oxygenation. And so that leads in turn to necrosis of your cells, which is cell death. Um, so you're killing off neurons that that are necessary for your neurological system, your central nervous system to function. If you don't have um, active neurons firing in your brain, you can't sense heat, cold, um, anything like that, emotional trauma, everything, everything that your brain would, would do normally, it will not because, because it's sucking out the oxygen and suction, suctioning out the water from your system. That's what causes the elongation of the cells um, that that doctors are seeing on their slides. Um, the folding of it, just like in prion disease, which is also called mad cow disease. Um, it's severe neurological complications. That's why you're seeing all of the patients now that have neurological symptoms um, with the uncontrolled you know, muscle shaking with the inability to use their limbs. They can't walk. They can't talk. They can't feed themselves because that's the key thing in this particular thing with graphene um, oxide. It affects your neurological system first and foremost, and then it builds up in the kidney. Um, your kidneys are what filters all the toxins out of uh, your bloodstream, your urine, et cetera, et cetera. So that means you're going to have a buildup of those toxins in the system, which are then going to be sent around to the rest of your body, which is going to cause massive organ damage and failure in other systems. Um, there's going to be a lot of people, and this is my prediction. Uh, again, this is not medical advice. Disclaimer, uh, this is not medical advice. I'm just telling you from working in healthcare for a long time, studying science, knowing how things actually work. Uh, you're going to see a lot of people that are going to end up on dialysis before actual death because their organ, they're going to have multi-system organ failure. You know, that's interesting. One of the people that we met in Jamaica on vacation, um, amazing woman, she got her shots in April. This was the, the grandmother of the most, or the mother of the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And the grandmother of the most precious little girl that, you know, my, my son basically like adopted her as his sister. She calls us auntie and uncle now, like they're an amazing family, but the grandmother got her shots in April and in May they discovered 
what they call the genetic hernia, basically right under her ribs, mm-hmm. which had never bothered her for 73 years, but all of a sudden it popped up. That seemed weird, right? And then while they're looking at this genetic hernia, they found that one of her kidneys was just eaten away by cancer. Like half of her kidney was completely covered in Mm -hmm. cancer. And she had just had a full screening not very long before. And so they, they removed that part of her kidney. They've left the hernia alone now because they said it was too traumatic to do both surgeries at once. Um, And now they're finding tiny little nodes on her lungs, but they don't think it's cancerous because they're too small. And I'm uh, rapid onset cancer is we talked about it before and yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking it's a direct result of this graphene oxide. Um, that just seems right. Mm -hmm. Matt, what do you, I know you've got some, some stuff rolling around in your head there that you want to spit out. Yeah. Well, I've just been, um, so you guys have covered everything that I've looked into. However, there was one article that I found and it's from natural, uh, naturalnews.com and it talks about, um, right, so in-brain neuroelectronics secure 17 million in a Series A funding for the first AI-powered graphene brain interface. So basically the article mm-hmm. talks about that they've received funding uh, and there's a paper published on the 30th of March, 2021, uh, by businesswire.com. And basically it talks about them using, um, so bah, 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 bah. they talk about in the article that it's not nothing to do with COVID vaccines. Um, that's before anything else in the article, which I found quite funny. That You've got the heading and then you've got a paragraph of them t- saying this is nothing to do with COVID vaccines, <laughs> Right. Their graph, their their this this technology right. apparently is going to be used to treat Parkinson's and yeah yeah and um, epilepsy. Right. Um, but um, again, but, but this, targeting this the brain. Article basically. Well, yeah, exactly. It's just another way, isn't it, of, of saying that, that you're targeting the brain, but just right. not directly. But it's basically they've put it in a. Um, it's. Um, the graphene-based neuromodulation technology using AI-powered neuroelectrics is very real. So what this article, basically what I'm saying is, is basically what they've managed to do, looking at this article, is use graphene oxide as a means of some sort of nanobot uh, technology, which we all spoke about ages ago. And I I, I hate saying it. I hate right. what people say. I spoke about this weeks ago. I hate it. But as a not not means of bashing people over the head with it, we did discuss, or those of us that were kind of, a, you know, talked about chips and all this kind of stuff, and everyone's like, oh, you're going to be tracked. And it's like, well, not not in that sense. But if this article is real, which it looks like it is, and they've already got the technology where they can do something like that, because graphene oxide apparently is also the thinnest substance on Earth as well. So it's like tiny, right. tiny. So it, it can be used for all sorts sheet. of stuff. They use it for filtration. Water filtration, yeah, it's like right. cling film, isn't it? Apparently, they right. So if they can use, if they can already make AI even graphene oxide to help with epilepsy and Parkinson's, so that's from a purely conductive part of the brain. So that'll be to do with the neurons and electrical conductivity in your head, because that's what epilepsy and Parkinson's affects. So that if that's what they're targeting, right. and they get their head around that, then they can pretty much do whatever they want to your brain. And it is. 
because um, in the articles that I was looking up yesterday, um, talking about like how uh, regular graphene oxide was extremely uh, toxic to the body system. So they had to keep trying different bonds of this. And the first article that comes up after that was covalent functionalization of graphene oxide with biocompatible polyethylene glycol, which is antifreeze, um, for delivery of paxitaxel. Uh, that's um, what I'm looking that's at exactly right now. What, yeah, that's what you were just talking about. And then um, talking about the nanoparticles, we have biological interactions of graphene family nanomaterials an interdisciplinary review, biological interactions of carbon-based nanoparticles from coronation to degradation. That's weird. Corona is mentioned again. Um, insight into the interaction of graphene oxide with serum proteins and the impact of degree and reduction of concentration regarding nanoparticle material. Um, it goes on and on and on. And the funny thing is, um, of course, the fact checkers, um, which are paid, which we know from the government, um, they're left wing owned media things. If you want to come after me, I don't have a problem with that. I can take you on. No problem. Um, I'm just going to say uh, they said graphene oxide is not in the vaccinations. It hasn't been on the PCR testing, anything like that. However, that is the top, when you look those on, are the top, that is the top search results on graphene right. oxide. When I brought up graphene oxide, one of the top, the top right. five where graphene oxide is not in the vaccine, which means, you know, it is because if right. they're fact checking it, then you know, it's right. actually there. Right. Yeah. And, and when you have researchers from around the world um, that are putting out publications where they're, they're testing the actual vials. They're finding that. Um, when you get a, a swab, and I know this 100% wholeheartedly because I used to work in this shit, people, where it says EO or GO on the end of it. That's ethylene oxide, graphene oxide, whatever it is, you can look that up. Those are on the nasal swab PCR testing packages. Um, this shit is not made up. The FDA has things on their website where they have pulled these things. They have pulled all of the swabs and all of the masks that came from China because of contents of graphene oxide, um, things like that. And so I just want people to be aware, even though the government and the fact checkers that like suck their balls are like, oh no, it doesn't exist. Um, yes, it does exist. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. I know a lot of nurses. I know a lot of doctors. Um, I know a lot of clinical researchers, uh, biologists, lab technicians, etc. Been in the medical community for a very long time. And I'm telling you, these things do exist. And anytime you have the government trying to shut down or censor information getting out to the public because they're saying it's quote misinformation. Um, they only want you to believe useful idiots like Dr. Fauci, who the other day said um, 
you know, talking about the gain of function research in Wuhan lab and, and well, you know, like we, yeah, like taking stuff that only occurs in an animal and putting it into a human and we, yeah, we really did pay for it, but it's not gain of function. Come on, people. Come on. Well, well, not only that, and and this is really crazy. So I, I just just to be the the shit sayer and the guy that says, yeah, okay, I'll look it up for you guys. So I went into Google. I typed in graphene oxide, and the top stories, of course, is Pfizer Biotech COVID nineteen vaccine does not contain dangerous amounts of graphene oxide. However, right. I scrolled down. Not even Doesn't three articles danger, below it. Dangerous. And the third amount. article below it is nano. Wink, wink. Is but it doesn't say it doesn't contain it. It says that right. it doesn't it says contain dangerous a dangerous amount. And then, correct. And then I, I scroll down and I see this, this article. It's three down in Google. And it says nanographing oxide for cellular imaging and drug delivery systems used at the nanomolecular level. And it's an article published by the NIH and oh, by the way, it comes out of fucking China. And where in China does it come out of? Wuhan. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. So just throwing yeah. that out there. I mean, that's the first article. It's three articles down in Google. Well, so, uh, sorry, go on. Real quick, something I found really interesting here. I, I think we're on to something because the one thing we did not talk about in show prep was any of the nanobots or nanowires or anything like that. And Matt, you brought that up. Janet, you brought that up. And I actually also have three articles right here about the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the fact that all three of us fell down this quote unquote rabbit hole um, when it wasn't something we talked about, and there was plenty of stuff to talk about here uh, is is just uh, really interesting. So I have one here. Understand, I and folks understand. I just found the nanobot article. It was just happened to be there. It's the third article down, published by the NIH out of Wuhan, China, which I find really disturbing in and out of itself. Yep. But remember, this wasn't made in a lab, wait, wait, wait. according to Biden. Wait, wait. And oh, and by the way, this is perfectly safe. Yeah. Okay. It was made in a lab, and it's not at all safe. But uh, so this this first article. Intrabionets and NSF-led ring programs with big tech form the wireless network to connect humans to the internet through the COVID vaccine. And it, and this is from not very long ago, July 12th in uh, Big Tech Health and Science Tech. And it talks about the ring program, accelerating research into areas that will potentially have a significant impact on emerging next generation wireless and mobile communication, networking, sensing, and computing systems, along with global scale services. Uh, Total investment of $40 million includes contributions to each of the private partners. Approximately 40 awards were anticipated. Um, So basically, they want to connect people directly to their smart devices to their the cell phones, the uh, mobile communication and networking. Um, and this is coming out of Georgia Tech. Hold on. Hold on. I'm yeah. going to call Janet real quick. Give me a second. I'm going to pull my foot up here. Try what to call Janet. What are you doing? I'm going to try and call Janet. You're full of it. Anyway, um, so uh, Georgia Tech, the School of Electrical and Computer Engineering at Georgia Institute of Technology, was 
awarded a grant of 300,000 taxpayer dollars to fund the Intranet's bio program. So we're paying for that too. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Right. The, but listen, and, oh, you're, no, you're, you're, bringing, you're bringing this all up like it's a bad thing. Think about it. Maybe then we'll be able to get our elections right. Maybe then we'll be able to get our votes no, counted properly. No, no. You know why? Because no. I have another article too. Mm-mm. Well, hold on. Let me go into the second one first. Hold on. So uh, another one, science paper documents self-assembled magnetic nanosystems for cyberbinetic uh, cybernetic biocircuitry interface and control systems in humans, including DNA hydrogel tech. Okay. So you might think it's right. a good thing to be, you know, connected directly to the internet. However, I got another one over here. Um, in, let's see, here we go. So U.S. Supreme Court strikes down human gene patents, right? This was back in 2013. The U.S. Supreme Court said that they could not patent human genes because they're naturally occurring. But it permitted patents based on laboratory reconstructions of human DNA known as complementary DNA or cDNA. So if your DNA has been changed from naturally occurring regular DNA to cDNA through either biotechnology or the the jab or a a combination of both, you no longer have any human rights under the Supreme Court. You are patented, owned, and can be then sold or controlled by whomever owns you. So- you still want to be connected directly to your phone nice. through your phone, babe? Well, well, no. Dangerously, this is really sounding, and I hate to say it this way because it's going to make me sound like a kook anyway. But I don't give a fuck, and I wear that proudly. Um, this is really beginning to sound, and I, you, Janet, I know you and I and Matt, we're we're probably all about the same age. Um, this really scarily sounds like Skynet. I mean, I hate to say it, but yeah the day that we become self-aware, then what happens? Yeah. Well, yeah, and that we are self-aware. Unfortunately, yeah. the rest of the world is not yet. Well, there's a, there's a pattern yeah. here that I've got on my phone. That's a Google pattern. And it is, um, it was filed first of all, I think on the 26th of October, 2020 from Beijing, China. Uh, and it's a patent for preparation and application of Pachyman nano adjuvant based on graphene oxide and adjuvant antigen co-delivery vaccine. And that's what that that's just a Google thing that I've got here. But uh, but not to but the, anyway to go back to what we're talking about because I, I just wanted to jump in there as well. So John Hopkins University talking about your nanobot stuff in 2020 on the 25th of November they published a paper. Um, where they're basically trying to basically make uh, nanobots that will sit in your intestines and your GI tract that will allow medication to be delivered over a longer period of time to make the efficacy of the antibiotic or the drug that you're taking work better. Because when you take something, your body absorbs it. So then by the time it's called half-life, and by the time it gets into where it needs to get to, which is in your body, it's had to go through your liver, your kidneys, your intestines and everything else. So it's not as strong as it could be. So the John Hopkins University have basically have, have pretty much come out and said they're taking inspiration from parasites to come up with machines 
that can latch onto your intestinal tract at different you know parts down it and then they've basically summarized from here that they made a drug that only normally lasts two hours last 12 hours and that was in 2025 so that, so 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 there they've got the nanobots and now we've got the graphene oxide so if you put mm-hmm. the two together mm-hmm. you have graphic gra- graphene oxide DARPA. yeah 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 so yeah. And that's, I, I, well, I got a question. Do you think that this? Are you trying to say that this is like preparation for the nanobots? Is do we have to have a certain amount of graphene oxide in our system prior to introducing nanobots into the human body? Is that why they're pushing the vaccine on everyone? That is my question. Because that is why I'm thinking that there has to be, and I don't know, and I'm asking my two medical professionals that are here, I'm asking them, is it something that you have to have a certain amount of graphene oxide in your system before you can push a nanobot in there because it has to show, your system has to show compliance with graphene oxide because maybe there are some humans out there that can deal with graphene oxide. You know, one of the things that I always thought was interesting was, um, and I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but there was a, uh, an old government and I get, I got it. It's a government video. Fuck me. I'm stupid. Right. Cause I watched a government video once, but they talked about the Japanese people that survived Nagasaki and Hiroshima after the, the bombs were dropped after we went and dropped fat man and little boy. Um, and the survival rates, and this was a study conducted by the U S government following that, because what we were looking at, um, and I believe it was still a pure time for at least America where we were still America. Um, they were looking at like, how deadly is this bomb? What are the survival rates even after 10 years from fallout, from everything else? What are the survival rates? One of the things they found was there were people, especially in Nagasaki, not so much in Hiroshima. Nagasaki, understand, was a bigger bomb. Hiroshima was not. Hiroshima was pretty big, but Nagasaki was the bigger bomb. When they dropped Fat Man in Nagasaki, Fat Man, uh, they had a survival rate that was unheard of. Like there was a, uh, like even after 25 years, they were expecting 35% of the population in Nagasaki, Japan to survive fat man that were directly exposed to their nuclear and radiation levels that were pushed out from the bomb. And they were eating the same food, same water, same everything. They didn't really change too much. They started farming again. They started growing stuff again. All that stuff started growing. And my question is, is if we can figure that out about radiation and we obviously have because you go in, you get an x-ray done. I'm sorry. You're getting a straight jolt of radiation pushed through your body. Um, now my question is, is do we have to have a certain amount of graphene oxide in our system prior to some sort of nanotechnology being added to the human body? Not a yes. single clue, mate. Until about 12 months ago, I didn't even think nanobots were able to be put in the body. So I don't know. So in in 2006, DARPA announced its Predicting Health and Disease PhD program, which sought to determine, quote, whether an individual will develop an infectious disease prior to the onset of symptoms, unquote. The PhD program planned to accomplish this by identifying changes in the baseline state of human health through frequent surveillance with a specific focus on viral upper respiratory pathogens. Sound familiar? 
three years later, in 2010, mm-hmm. DARPA-funded researchers at Duke University cre- created the foundation for this tool, which would use the genetic analysis of blood samples to determine if someone is infected with the virus before they show symptoms. Following the creation of DARPA's BTO in 2014, this particular program gave rise to the Invivo Nanoplatforms program. The diagnostics branch of that program, abbreviated as IVNDX, investigates technologies that incorporate implantable nanoplatforms composed of biocompatible, non-toxic materials in vivo sensing of small and large molecules of biological interest, multiplex detection of analytes at clinically relevant concentrations, and external interrogation of the nanoplatforms without using implanted electronics for communications. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't in vivo, like in utero? So they want to implant nanoplatforms into our babies before they're even born? Well, that's in vitro, not in vivo. That's in in vitro. In vivo is, uh, is it in vivo? Anyway, uh, past reports on this program describe it as developing classes of nanoparticles. Okay. To sense and treat illness, disease, and infections on the inside, this text this tech involves implantable nanoparticles, which sense specific molecular uh, biological interest. Um, so, yeah, this is this is DARPA. This is DARPA doing all of this. That's where I'm at with this. So get this. I was just looking because I was like, I, I was trying to answer my own question for myself. And I was looking in Google and I just found this in the Wiley Institute. Uh, there is a article covered in there uh, and it talks about uh, Dr. Ira Dimov, uh, EMD Performance Materials in Darmstadt, Germany. Anyway, he goes on to talk about graphene oxide and its properties. And one of the molecular properties, which I find really interesting, is there is a, uh, it does have a genome to graphene oxide. I'm not sure if you're all aware of that. It has an actual genome sequence to graphene oxide. Uh, Guess what one of those genomes is within graphene oxide? CCGG repeating throughout the- We talked about the CCGG repeating. Right. And it shows something about how they, that's how you fuck with uh, DNA, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that what we talked about, Janet? Right. Right. And here's the thing, and here's why. Because um, the components of graphene oxide and chemical makeup are very similar to what's already in your body, um, in your cellular makeup. Um you know, and with compounding and uh, straight chemical structures and whatnot, all you have to do is change it by a molecule or two. Um, think of carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, whatever. Um, but that's how they they figure these things out. They they use something that's completely similar to the body, uh, to our organ and tissue, cellular makeup. They take those. They make it into something that's supposed to be good. But I'm telling you, this has been around for a long time because um, several doctors that do endoscopies um, have you swallow disposable cameras, right? Little, teeny, tiny, and it's in a pill form. That's the same thing. And I'm going to tell you right now, 
um, all of these things that were patented well before the vaccination um, ever was supposed to be, quote, thought about, even though they've been working on this for a really long time. How they do this is the same thing with with the the cuckoo vaccine, um, the the cuckoo virus. And what they do is they take these nanoparticles and they encapsulate them just like they do with the virus into uh, different types of proteins and PEG, which is the polyethyl glycolate that we talked about earlier. They encapsulate it with um, cholesterol and lipids to protect it. Um, so that it will actually pass through the barrier into a cell. Um, so that is how they're getting the nanoparticles of the graphene oxide into the body. Um, these are where the robotics and stuff as far as, which they've been doing this a long time for medication delivery, um, deep brain stimulator implants, uh intestinal GI tract issues, things like that. This has been going on a long time. However, the research, and if you look at um, the federal government's website for, um, what's it called, PubMed, which is published medical studies from all over the world um, that are peer-reviewed, et cetera, et cetera. They publish it on the site um, it is on a national site because the government owns that. Um, also, the FDA, the CDC.com, all of these places, you can find these articles where they've been doing this for a very long time, drug delivery systems. Um, like I said, they've been a long time with the deep, deep brain stimulator implants, um, the intestinal implants, uh, things like that to make a more efficient delivery system. But I will Heart tell you electrical if you deeply, implants. Yeah. I will tell you if you research deeply into graphene oxide, you will also find that they also use it to magnify the results of chemotherapy drugs. So there you have it, folks. Mm. So I, I've also heard <clears throat> that uh, that graph the graphene oxide is what's causing the the magnetism in people. So I know we've all seen the videos of people mm -hmm. putting magnets against them, like the video Mick talked about earlier with the right. the rare earth magnet that was literally pulling some something metal, right. like it was pushing out through the skin. Like the, I yeah, I just like wanted this. to take a little scalpel and just yeah. you know poke them right there, see what comes out. Yeah. You stick a magnet up to that. But <laughs> Let me do it. Going down that road, you know. <laughs> Mix uh, one of Mick's very first major injuries, his first Purple Heart, actually, he got 28 pieces of shrapnel in him. And with a second pur Purple Heart, um, they brought him in for an MRI and they asked him, do you have any metal in your body? And he said, no, I don't think so. Well, they did not get all of the original 28 <laughs> pieces of shrapnel out when they put him in the MRI. Okay. He is lucky he didn't die from the MRI. Yes. Oh yeah. Because oh no, no, no. Literally my arm. I was like out I, of his body. I, I told the lady, I told the lady, cause you know how they had the microphone in an MRI. I'm sitting there. I'm like, Hey, it's really hot mm -hmm. in here. She's like, no, it's not hot at all. It's 60 degrees in the tube. And I was like, no, no, it's not. 
I was like, it's not, it's really mm -hmm. hot. And she's like, no, it, it's, it's not. And I was like, Hey, I I've got pain. And she's like, what are you talking about? I cannot, I couldn't pick my arm off the, the table. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I can't right. pull my arm off the table right now. And literally at that point I started bleeding all over the place. And she's like, what the fuck? And they turned it off, pulled me back out. Yeah. I still had shrapnel on my arms and my legs. And she was like, uh, yeah, we're going to have to send you up to surgery. And I was like, yeah, I guess you are like quick, fast in a hurry. And I'll tell you right now, they did not put me out for that one. And I did not like that because going in, I never felt it go in, but I'll tell there. you what coming out. Holy shit. So now I'm seeing articles where they are warning doctors to test people for magnetism before they put them into MRI machines. So tell me how the magnetism is bullshit if they if doctors are now testing them to see if people are magnetic before they put them in an MRI. Exactly. And if that is something that is a uh, guidance to hospital staff um, or to healthcare providers that may have their own um, x-ray machines or whatnot, I'm telling you that means that the graphene oxide is not bullshit like the fact checkers are claiming because magnification of metals usually occurs with, do you have any piercings? Uh, the questionnaire's piercings. Do you have any tattoos that were, that occurred before like, I don't know, 1963 or whatever, because those have metals in them. Do you have, you know, have you had a recent surgery? Do you have a joint replacement? Do you have a pacemaker implant? Things like that. That is the questionnaire. So if they're now warning people about that, um, you know that that technology already exists. Possibly not in the vaccination. I'm not going to say 100% it's in there, even though other countries have found it. But I will tell you, according to the research that's on uh, the government's own website and things that they have been, sorry, excuse me, fucking around with to quote further better your health and safety, wink, 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 um, then those are things that you know are definitely already happening. And, and no matter fact checking can, can change that because if the guidance to healthcare providers has changed, then what they're actually giving you has changed. hundred percent. Yeah. So we're, we're going to wrap this up, but I wanted to bring it home for some people because, you know, I know again, I, you know, we, we push our own fear porn here sometimes that mm. everyone's going to die from the jab and, you know, we all know people are, are dying and this, that, and the other, but saying that and hearing actual stories are hugely different. So yep. this 18 year old girl in Italy got her jabs, complained of headaches, um, went a couple times uh, the first time they didn't see anything wrong. The second time they, they did a, a more extensive scan and they determined that she had uh, thrombosis in her, in her brain, right? So her name was Camilla Canepa. She was operated on by the director of the Neurosurgical and Neurotraumatic Traumatological Clinic uh, of the 
San Martino Hospital. And the neurosurgeon said, I had never seen a brain that was affected by such extensive and severe thrombosis. Uh, his name was Alessandro D'Andrea, um, and he called the chief physician to his side at the operating table. He said, we decided to have a decompression craniotomy in which the skull is open to relieve internal pressure. Um, the chief physician, his name was Zona, he recounted the experience. All venous sinuses were blocked with thrombi, a scenario I have never seen in my many years in this profession. Think of the venous sinus as the river in the middle of a valley where several streams converge. If a dam is built in the middle of the watercourse, the river swells and the tributaries can no longer drain at this point so that the pressure rises upstream. I'm neither a virologist nor an epidemiologist nor a coroner, but given the image I saw on the girl's head, it is clear we are dealing with something that is not normal. The parents of the 18-year-old who died, she did not survive, told the media she had no disease. Last week, the prosecutor of Genoa, which coordinates the ongoing investigations, will instruct the Pavia coroner to perform the autopsy on her body. So uh, she allegedly suffered from chronic platelet deficiency, a familial autoimmune thrombocytopenia. That's what the investigators learned from first reports from the doctors. But the girl's family absolutely insisted. She had no disease. There is none of that disease in our family. You can't say it's familial when no one else in the family has it. So that's, that's one mm -hmm. heartbreaking story. Uh, I'm going to let this, this one tell himself, well, not him, but his family. His name is Benjamin Goodman. He took the Johnson and Johnson shot at age 32. And this is what his family had to say. Um, my son, uh, you know, was 32 years old. Um, he was one of the happiest kids I've ever run across. And uh, he just loved life. My name is Pamela Goodman, and my 32-year-old stepson, Benjamin, was killed by the Johnson & Johnson vaccine on March 14, 2021. Within 12 hours, he was dead of a cardiac arrest, sudden death. We don't want any more people to die. Benjamin would not want anyone else to die. The autopsy is inconclusive. The medical examiner is changing their phone number, returning, refusing to answer our calls or give us a toxicology report. The mainstream media is not reporting these deaths, these serious adverse reactions. We can't bring Benjamin back. And this is not only just about Benjamin, this is about all of humanity. Benjamin would not ever want anybody to take an experimental vaccine that could cause death or permanent inju uh, injury. If he knew what he knew what now, know now, what we know now, in March, which no one is letting anyone know, no mainstream media outlets, nothing. You have to dig and dig and dig to find anything. And even then you're called crazy and nothing has nothing to do with anything. There's no correlation. Healthy people are just dropping dead of blood clots, everything. And everything is being hidden. And Benjamin would never ever want anyone to die or be injured. This is horrific. This is criminal. This is murder. And people need to wake up.
and speak out. I read these every day and it breaks my heart. Here's another one. Stephanie Wassel, age 51, Moderna. This is the message I received on the morning of April 10th. It just says, help. I rushed up to my ex-wife's house, Stephanie Wassel, to find her on the floor struggling to survive. My daughter was there as well. We rushed her to the hospital. And after close to four hours of fighting to keep her alive with the um, medical professionals there, yeah, I lost the mother of my little girls. She will never get to see their children. She'll never get to watch them get married, walk down the aisle, hold their hand. She'll never get to text them and ask how they are. She was a wonderful, beautiful person, a helper to everyone. She was my business partner. In a way, my best friend, my helper, my wife of 11 years. Um, I'm so sad that she got caught in this trap of taking these vaccines when she just wanted to be free from all the pressure from her school, telling you know, to go get the vaccine. Everyone's doing it. Let us know when you get the vaccine. Oh, um. Well, that is like completely depressing. I'm so glad I got a couple more. You, uh, yeah, you well, well, you can I hold know. on to those couple more. You can post those to our telegram. I know. We're, we're all going to be in tears by the end of this. No, no, no. no. No, no, there's, send that to Telegram. That can go to Telegram and let they're, people They're watch. on Telegram. There's, um, um, there's a doctor friend of mine that had the same thing with one of his patients that came in. She ended up with eight microemboli clots in her brain. She came in with a headache two days after the AstraZeneca. CT scanner took her bloods, nothing abnormal. And then they did another venology CT scan, which is like a deeper CT scan. And that's when they found the eight clots in their head. They blamed it on sinusitis. Um which is so rare. Um, and then if you go onto the NHS, um, NHS website for, um, cause it's called, uh, carnivorous, car- carnivorous, <laughs> oh, carbonous <laughs> sinus thrombosis, right? Which is a posh name for a clot in your brain or clot in your sinuses. Um, if you go right to the bottom after it, t- it says how bad it can be, um, it says it's difficult to exactly say how many people are affected by uh, carvenous sinus thrombosis, but it's thought to be very rare. Um, so, and that's only one clot in the brain, right the way, from that, not like eight or 12, however many you've got. But it says it, mm-hmm. can, it affects people right. of all ages, but it tends to be more women than men because women take the pregnancy contraceptive pill, which can make them more like uh, more vulnerable to blood clots. And that was first published on in 2018 as well. So my friend, my doctor colleague, when this happened, he spoke to uh, the uh, hematologist, an ENT specialist, which is ear, nose and throat specialist, and a neurologist, which obviously deals with brains. And they all agreed that it was sinusitis, but they all quickly agreed that it wasn't definitely because of the vaccine because it was too fast acting. 
which is absolutely rubbish well, because you have to have people sat there in the vaccination centres in case you go into anaphylaxis within 15 minutes. So it, not only not only that, what did we just learn about graphene oxide as we were just talking about it? it it's used to speed the uh, effects of drugs. I mean, why wouldn't it have, why couldn't you accept that it could have the opposite effect with diseases and other things that it would speed the effects of those? Why not? I mean, it's the same thing with the the on, rapid onset cancer where people are being diagnosed with uh, stage three, stage and, four three and four cancer when they've never had any cancer before and all of a sudden boom, you're going to die in like six months. Wait a minute. How is that even possible? My best friend, my best friend has rapid, rapid onset stage four prostate cancer. And he's 42. I mean, how is that possible? Unless you've had something added to your system to almost expedite that it's this, it's, it goes back to that same over and over and over. I, I, I don't know how many times you can repeat it before people start to just, I mean, I, I don't know. So one more depressing piece of news before we turn this around and end on hope, because there is some hope even with all this depression that we've just gone through. Um, so there was a lawsuit that was just filed against the federal government because the CDC whistleblower came out and said that they have hidden over 45,000 deaths reported to VAERS. And Janet, you mm-hmm. said you were trying to get on VAERS earlier. And it said that the data rows right. were too high or too many to download because you can only download 10,000 at a time. So if the CDC is saying right. there's only been 6,000 deaths, which then they turned around and said there were 12,000 and they got called out on that. And then they pulled it back to 6,000, which we've now called right. them out on right. that. Um, when I did the CDC, dug into it. So when you go to, you look, you filter by deaths just for 2021, and it said there's too many rows. It gave me 51,000. Janet, how many right. did you get? I got the same. I got the same thing. It was 51,384 data rows and only 10,000 are compatible with report. So it tells you, you may want to refine your search to search by race. However, in the options that are available, um, there is not race available as an option on my end. And so there again, like anything, I tried to narrow it down just by age or by month or whatever. I used all of the filters because I'm really familiar with theirs. I used to have to report in that all of the time. None of the requested data for deaths would come up regardless of what filter that I put in because uh, the data rows were more than 10,000. So that means the government is completely fudging and fucking with the numbers once again, like they did um, at the beginning of the whole pandemic where they were including influenza deaths, pneumonia deaths, uh, jumping off a cliff deaths, suicide by hanging deaths, all of that stuff in COVID uh, numbers. So once again, they're getting caught for falsifying numbers. It's the way it is. So, and if only up to 10% of deaths are actually reported to the VAERS system, and Mm -hmm. we are seeing 50,000 deaths in the reports, 
we we could easily hit that 50 million number that many, many, many scientists have been calling out the frontline doctors, virologists, epidemiologists, but Luke Monsignor, whatever his name is, um, Robert Malone. I mean, all these doctors, they're the ones that were initially involved in developing the everything from the mRNA technology. The guy who invented the mRNA technology said, we should not use this on people. It's going to kill them uh, in a nutshell. You know, right. doctors that have been researching this, studying this, right. doctors that are on the ground dealing with patients are saying the vaccines are killing people. Stop using them. So, I mean, we're there's going right. to be, they're saying, and this isn't me saying it, this is them saying it, there will be 50 to 100 million deaths in the United States alone in the next 18 months. Right. And I, I, and I believe with that. the rates we're already seeing, I don't see that as an unreasonable number. Yeah. Matt, you guys have a different reporting system. I think it's just as inaccurate, but you've got what the yellow card system, the yellow mm-hmm. star system. Yellow card. <laughs> no, it's a lot of Yeah, no, it's the yellow card system. Cha cha. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I can't really come back for that. Yeah, yellow card system, uh, and it's notoriously difficult to navigate. But if you go onto, uh, I mentioned them earlier. If you go onto UK Columns website. Um, I think they did have something on their front page or here we go. Um, you click on it and it's a link that takes you straight to um, the current deaths uh, or the data anyway. So from the 7th of the 7th, 21, we've had 1,470 deaths. Um, and uh, that's just from the... Um, that's just on that day. I don't know how far the report goes back to, sorry. So, but that's, so we've only had 1,470 deaths, which doesn't sound a lot, to be honest with you, really. But then if you, that's only 5% of people reporting it. That's only 5% of people actually documenting it as a, a vaccine-related death as well. So, I mean, look, they only had, what, 25 when they rolled out the bird flu vaccine? They had 25 yeah. deaths, five Yeah. 15, and they shut it down. Deaths, and then they yep. shut it down, didn't they? So we've had a th- over a thousand that we yep. know of. You guys have had fifty thousand that you do know of. <laughs> God knows how many that you don't know of. I think in in Europe and, right. and the EU combined, the numbers were slightly higher. I think they went up to. Oh, I, I, I don't want to guesstimate. I think it's like eighteen thousand. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was. A I, I saw a report of yeah. eighteen thousand in the EU. Yeah. Yeah, which again still isn't a lot when you look at it. So. Still too much. And that's the, that's the people that we know of but as then well, again, obviously. Right. And then again, you're relying on providers to actually put in the information, which here in the United States, um, I can tell you for working in the industry for a really long time, you're lucky if you get 10% of providers um, that actually post to that because the forms are very long. It's very complicated. It's a long drawn out process, but not only do we have theirs, um, we have VSafe. That's a downloadable app for the kids now to track them. We have um, CISA. There's um, things for the FDA. There's another reporting website, and I can't remember what it's called right now. But it depends on where that provider determines to upload their um, data that they collect in. Um, and it depends on if you even 
have time to do it because if you're rushed to see literally five patients in a 15 minute span, you're not going to have time to sit down at the computer and literally log every patient and every symptom that they had or if they died or if they had neurological complications or any of that stuff because it's too time consuming and they don't pay overtime like hardly ever in a healthcare facility. So to get a provider to comply with that, um, you're probably realistically looking at 1% of providers who actually report. Sad, but true. Yeah. So what do we do? How, how, I, I know that's a, a broad question because we've, we've really. Honestly, oh. honestly, I think person, the, the, the trouble, you got to pitch your, pitch your, pitch your, your argument or your red pill to an extent. I've I've used certain terminology before, and it's it's upset people. Ask telling people to go educate themselves, they don't like that at all, right? And and you don't say it like that. But even if you're using it in the third person, people still think you're talking about them. So it's really difficult to try and say to people, look, just swallow the bitter pill of the fact that you might have been lied to about the vaccine, and just go away and just do a little bit of reading. Now, there's this thing that keeps getting banded about about research, saying that those people that say they research don't really know how to research because they've not degrees. and all. I, I, It does my head in a little bit. When research is in the clue, you're researching for something that's already been searched for or, or established. Your job is not to write a literature review, critical analysis, and submit it to someone to market to get you a master's degree. If you can read two articles and see there's differences between them two, that's that's pretty much, you know what you want to do it's not about trying to help you formulate an opinion either which you can do but you've also got to try and see things from the other side and try and read some of the left or alternative articles as well to see what it is that they're deciding to use as as justification for fact checking what you're saying or this that and the other or not even talking about it it's not easy at all because people just aren't willing to accept and listen to what people have to say with regards to it. So I think the best, my personal opinion at the minute is you have to wait for them to become either that unwell, see that many things happening, that that they are willing to sit down and at least acknowledge something might not be right. And even then they're not going to sit down and have a massive conversation with you and tell you, you know, you were right and I was wrong and all that kind of stuff. But from a hope perspective, come on, America, you're the beacon of light. <laughs> well, I, I have an I have an alternate theory on why Mick has no spike proteins in his blood, and it's not just a placebo theory, because I've heard that tobacco and alcohol both block graphene oxide from binding to your cells. So I think maybe Mick smokes and drinks enough that um, that shit just flushed right out through his liver, and he's done. <laughs> But uh, besides, you know, um, like chiefing a, a two packs a day and, and drinking a fifth of vodka or whiskey or whatever your which there's nothing wrong with any of that <laughs> whatever your water of life uh, your chosen water of life Amen. happens to be. Um, I, I mean, what are what are some other things that people that have taken the shot and they're feeling side effects or or they've they've had. COVID and now they're 
they've got long COVID and they're seeing some of the same side effects that you would get with a jab, heart problems and brain fog and, and all of that. I mean, I, I'm hearing about some, some natural homeopathic medicines that may be effective besides hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and uh, ivermectin and uh, rendesivir, which, you know, has been proven and we can definitively say has been proven to treat COVID. And the fact that they're suppressing it is, is illegal and it goes right back to them keeping the EU so that they can keep pushing this jab. Um, but have you guys heard about homeopathic medicines, things that can help mitigate the side effects of these jabs? Like what can people do to, to, to protect themselves or, or save their own lives at this point? Yes, it, there are a lot of things out there that you can do. Let me preface this again by saying I am not preaching or practicing medicine in any way. I'm telling you, um, just as a normal person that does a lot of reading can tell you, um, pure therapeutic pine needle oil tea will help. You can't just go out and pull pine needles off of whatever tea. You have to make sure it's a hundred percent pure uh, pine oil and one that is able to be taken internally. Uh, you could make tea with that. You can also make tea with dandelion root um, or just regular dandelion tea. There's hold, hold on other, real quick, Janet. Uh, mm-hmm. Real quick, the difference between the pine needle tea and the dandelion root or the dandelion uh, flower tea, I believe the pine needle tea is not safe for pregnant or breastfeeding women, whereas the dandelion tea is. And that's the main difference between the two. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's the it has to do with the strength and the purity um, as well, things that uh, can cause the, cross the placental barrier. Um, it, pine has a natural anesthetic, um, natural antibiotic healing type property. There's also other things you can take. I don't know. It's this huge, stupid thing. Now I saw another article yesterday, but now don't only be scared of not taking the jib jab. Uh, but now you also have to be scared of this new, um, candida yeast strain that has come out in Texas and Washington. Um, oil of oregano works really well uh, to com combat candida in your system. It, it, you know, you may have to do it for 30 days or longer, but that helps. Uh, pre and probiotics, but a very good strain. Uh, if you're a female, I will tell you, you should probably go look at Bento, B-I-N-T-O. Um, you can fill out a thing. They'll give you a personal health assessment and put together a package that is right for you. There are men's supplement sites that do the same kind of thing, but a lot of natural oils, um, sunlight, of course, always vitamin D from sunlight, vitamin C, zinc, um, foods that are high in those vitamin C as well is always good. Uh, always help to boost your immune system. So those are things you can do that occur in nature that are natural and you don't have to take the quote prescription pharmaceuticals because I'm not a fan. 
Yeah, me neither. So the on the other side of that, for the folks that have already gotten the jab jab, um, i.e. myself, I've also looked into it and there is a supplement. You have me on the thermeric. I, I put him on turmeric. Turmeric, which- As soon uh, as he took the vaccine, yeah. I put him on turmeric. Has worked. Uh, yep. Also olives. It's an antioxidant. It combats right. the effect of right. the- um, uh, the, um, what the fuck is it? The oxide, the, um, graphene, oxide. graphene oxide, yep. it prevents swelling. It's huge on preventing swelling. Um, uh, if you don't like olives, piss off, you should eat them anyway. They're really, really good for you. They're very high in antioxidants. They're, uh, they do a lot for they you actually. And a lot of people don't realize that, um, olives, uh, peppers. That's another one I found also has a lot of, uh, yep. uh, different types of peppers, not the hot peppers. I'm talking some of your bell mm -hmm. peppers, your sweet peppers. And to include, right. there are the uh, the Greek peppers I've also done a lot of reading about. And that actually, uh, because of where they're made, the way they're made, some of the cellular bullshit that's behind them. If you eat them whole, fresh, as they come out, you know, even if they're pickled, they still have that ability to combat it. It's just something else you can eat um, that if you eat a couple a day, mm -hmm. you know, you keep the doctor away type thing. Um, so if you have been vaccinated, there are still things you can eat to combat uh, not only the side effects, but maybe even starve off death and amongst other things. But but remember, please, that the mushrooms. food that you buy in the supermarket is not nearly as nutritious. The food in the supermarket is not nearly as nutritious as they would have you believe. So if go to a farmer's market, go to yeah, a farmer's make it market, yourself. grow your own victory garden. You know, I'm seeing gardens pop up all over the place, grow your own food as much as possible. Keep pesticides off of it. Um, go out and, and pick some leafy greens. Magnesium is huge. Like people don't realize what an integral part magnesium plays in your immune system and your ability to stave off any disease. Um, so so there is some hope, you know, I, I think, I think we're going to see a, a lot of people die. Unfortunately, I don't think there's any way around that at this point. Um, here's another thing that I want to put out there before we end and, and we're just about to wrap this up here, but if, and when those death waves come, who's going to take care of all of the children that are left behind? Because there are plenty of kids that are going to be orphans. Their parents are going to die from the jabs and what we're just going to give them all over to the state to be indoctrinated. I, I don't think so. Oh God, no. So anyway, think, think about the kids. It's always, it's always, everything we do is always about the kids because without them, we have no future. It doesn't matter if we have no children. It doesn't matter if everybody on the planet dies because it's, it's pointless without them. So we, we got it. We got to take care of the kids, please. I beg you, if you're listening to me right now, please do some research before you go and bring your kid down to get jabbed with an experimental unauthorized gene therapy program. Please, please. Because I'll tell you, you get your kid jabbed. I, I ain't letting my kids anywhere near your kids. Um, so <laughs> please, because it's we, we got to take care of the kids and there's going to be a lot of kids that are going to need a lot of help here soon. So, so. I, I, I'm always hesitant to say this every time, but I'm going to say that you've now just made the most racist statement I've ever heard you make before in your whole entire life. You say that every time. I know. I know. <laughs> so Matt, Matt, where, where can they find you if they're looking for you? What are you going to be doing here in the future? Anything good? Any uh, big podcast you're going to be on? Anything like 
super high speed other than you're going to be running around half naked on our show. No, so mate, cool. I'm, I'm a we've got you for that. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm a nobody me, mate. I only do, I don't do that many podcasts, mainly because I don't get asked. Um, but, um, Find me on Twitter, MedicMatt090, or KungFuMedic, um, Facebook, Matt Hench Taylor. I don't do nothing on Insta, really, because I try to keep that separate for training and my Kung Fu, but I'm not even really doing that at the minute because the world is just on fire. So there's nothing going on up where I am. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Anybody who wants me to do anything with them, obviously I will do it. I'm not like saying I don't want to do podcasts, but uh, I don't get asked to do them over here. Really, it's difficult. There's too many shields over here at the minute. Too many people trying to run around and try and be, you know, pillars of the the movement they call it and all that. So I just do my thing and just consistently try and do my thing and see what happens. But I love understand that. And Janet, what about you? Anything big coming up in the, in your future that everybody oh, needs to listen to or I look have- out for? I have some really big shows coming up. I have two already in the pocket. I have another super huge one that I'm going to be recording next week. So I'm super excited about that. I'm back on Spotify. Um, I should be back on the Apple. (gasps) No. No. Hello. It's been over a year. How'd you get back on Spotify? Dude is taking me a while <laughs> and a lot of work, but um, you can also find me on Alt Media United. I am on Twitter at no Janet K N O W Janet. I am on Instagram at Deplorable Janet, and we shall see what the hell else happens in the future. So I'm excited. I'm working on a cookbook. Still not done with it yet, but. It's going to get there eventually. So, yeah, big things coming. Well, there you go. And uh, we're going to include all this in our show notes. So if you're. Absolutely. We love having both of you on. on. Um, We are also on Alt Media United now. We're going to we're going to have all that in the show notes to find you guys, all your links and everything else. We, too, are also on Alt Media United now. We actually have our page up. We finally got there. We're with you now, Janet. Yay. Yeah. And on top of that, we also have uh, our, our Instagram, uh, not Instagram, but our uh, Telegram and uh, VLINs on Twitter. Uh, again, you can find all of that in the show notes. And our um, new Rumble channel. Yeah. And now we have a Brighteon channel as well. So um, if uh, Big Tech takes Rumble down, you can still find us on Brighteon and well on Alt Media United. Tuesday, we're going to be on the Peelback Report with Casey Jones yep. for a little uh, fun. So uh, if you're looking to have some fun Tuesday night, uh, we're definitely going to be on there. And uh, other than that, uh, I ain't got nothing else unless anybody else has got something. We've only been talking for like almost three hours, three hours now. <laughs> so I don't know.